What's up, listeners? Welcome Dude, to Predator vs. Movie. Whose voice is that? Is that a rocket? <laughs> I'm trying to do What does rocket sound like? Well, the freaking Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> I'm Alex. I'm Peter. I'm Aiden. I'm not doing the voice anymore. Yeah, this yeah, is a yeah, podcast yeah. where we you discuss try. and review the latest movie releases. We're going to start off with a non-spoiler review before diving into a deep discussion of the film. Then we're going to ask the most important question, would this movie be better if the alien from Predator was in it? This week, we are finally going to be reviewing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 after several weeks of anticipation. Much build-up. Much build-up. Yeah. Uh, more build-up than we've ever done before. Uh, yeah. Before we get into it, we have some news for you guys. We sure do. Uh, I'm just going to be ad-libbing on top of everything you say the whole time Barry Keoghan has unfortunately left the film Gladiator 2 with Paul Mescal to be replaced by the guy from White Lotus season 1 the little brother from White Lotus season 1 the guy who like sleeps on the beach it's that guy don't know him (laughs) he he was good in the White Lotus but like that's kind of a downgrade (laughs) <laughs> Sorry to the oh. White Lotus guy, but I liked Barry Keoghan. Uh And so it, we're speculating that perhaps it could be that he's yeah. leaving for Eternals 2. We don't I know. Did, I don't know for, for sure. sure. I, I, told, I told the other guys this, and I had seen this. I don't know if it's true. That's hilarious if it is, uh, and pretty sad. Do you think they're actually doing Eternals 2, though? Like, I, yeah, How does that even fit on the timeline? I, yeah, that's my bigger concern. Like, it, sure, it might happen, but I don't... When are they filming Gladiator 2? Isn't that soon? I'm more just in, like, a twisted kind of way want it to be true. <laughs> what? <laughs> Was that fake news? Oh, my God. Just I, shiv, I, like, I saw it, and I projected my hopes and wishes. My God, are you kidding me? Well, I don't know. It could be true. It's because it's funny, and also then you have more reason to hate the MCU because they yeah. took something valuable from you. Buddy, oh my god. I thought you were like 100%. You like, you know that. No, I said like no, three no, times was... I don't know. I literally Bro! <laughs> my guy, oh my god. It was okay. very clear he did not actually know. But uh, yeah, that's very sad. At least at least we'll, we'll always have Paul Mescal in that movie until... Yeah. Until he joins, until he the drops Fantastic out to be Four. Fantastic, yeah, no, he's, yeah, he's gonna, he's yeah. gonna be, he's gonna be a Human Torch. Oh, yeah. Denzel Washington's gonna be Galactus. I'm actually pretty sure that <laughs> wasn't there a news. I thought there was a rumor where he had been asked, and he said no because that's fucking stupid as shit. <laughs> <laughs> Can you that's imagine awesome Denzel Washington as Galactus? That's that's fucked. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, in the past couple of weeks when we've been off, we've had some trailers. Uh, first up from today, fresh off the the trailer fresh park. The and I think you're waiting. I'm oh, waiting vroom, vroom. Sorry, 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 sorry. We're in the trailer park. Um, My bad. Kind of rusty here. Kind of a yeah. rusty trailer park. Hey, get some haven't oiled WD it up in a while. Forty for that for them trailers. Anyways, uh, today hot off the press, we got trailer first trailer for Killers of the Flower Moon. Martin Scorsese's yeah. next future is going to be three hours and more. Amazing. Nice. Amazing. Is it uh, getting a theatrical release or no? Is it just... Yes, I it actually is. It is. Yeah. Exclusively oh, in theaters. Um, Exclusively. Oh, awesome. until, until it's not. Only in theaters forever <laughs> till the end of time. Until, until of course, it is. Until they take it anymore. out of theaters. 
Uh, it is, in fact, an Apple TV. Uh, no, an Apple original or whatever they call them. Uh, yeah. and so it will ultimately make its way to the platform. But uh, it stars Leonardo DiCaprio and some other familiar faces. Rob De Niro. Uh, Jesse Brendan Clemens, Fraser. Brendan Fraser. The whale himself. Um, other people. And uh, can you see the wolves in this picture? Am I right? Yeah. Some great shots. Some great looking shots in this trailer. I will say that. Some great I watched it shots. on my phone and I'm excited. This trailer, yeah. I, I should probably watch it on a bigger screen than that. But it looks, even on my phone, I could see the wolves in the picture and I was very excited. That last yeah. shot when everyone's turning... Like yeah. the wide shot of all the people turning. Can you see the wolves? I was like, "That's sick." He's back, my boy. Yeah, Marty's back. And did you see the quote he had recently, where he's like, "I feel like I've gone to the point where the world has just opened up to me, and I have so many more stories to tell." But unfortunately, I'm gonna die soon. <laughs> like, oh my god, why would that you is say so that? sad. Such a sad quote. To be honest. That's depressing. Yeah. Um, but hey, about well, the trailer, I don't know. <laughs> So yeah, I don't know, how to, I I don't know how, to, how, to, how to come back from that statement. <laughs> Thanks, Aiden. You've kind of killed the tone. Sorry. Here. I'll let Peter take it away, though. So I initially thought this is going to be like a cowboy western. So I expected Leonardo DiCaprio to be a cowboy. <laughs> but then, <laughs> but then Taylor was talking about all like, you know, uh, American people taking lands away from the uh, indigenous folks. I was just like, what the fuck is going on? Where are the cowboys at? Uh, and then <laughs> the trailer finished. I was very confused. And I watched it again. I was like, okay, I get it now. I see what they're doing. Okay. Cool movie. <laughs> but anyway, I just thought I'd toss that in there. <laughs> Peter's like, Peter puts his play in the trailer and he's like, yeah, can't wait to see some <laughs> cowboy action. What the hell is going on here? Wait, where are the cowboys? Can you spot the cowboys in this picture? In the picture? <laughs> Peter unfortunately could not see the cowboys. Yeah. Um, speaking of cowboys, we got a trailer for. Um, the creator, nothing to do with Cowboy. Or Tyler. From (laughs) Rogue One's own, I don't know his name. Tony Gilroy, is Is that the fella? No, Mm -hmm. no, no, it's the other guy. It's the, uh, Tony Gilroy, I'm pretty sure he's a writer or something. It's Gareth Edwards. From Rogue One's own, Gareth Edwards, just, we'll just, we'll just cut that other bit where I didn't know his name. Um, it's, Mm. it's Rogue One 2. Rogue... One, two, uh, and nice. <laughs> it's it stars um, Denzel Washington's son, John. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember him. Uh, and <laughs> Chan, uh, and it's it's rope AI is bad. We know this, but now but are it's they? a movie. It's really good timing, I have to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, with all the AI shit, I cannot believe that... The Do you think we're going to see a resurgence of AI movies? Like, there are a bunch from, like, the 2000s and stuff when, like, the internet was, like, really starting to pop off. Do you think we're going to mm-hmm. see more of those going forward? I think it's going to be very For interesting sure. because, um, um, well, I know you guys are probably less attuned to this than I am, but... Uh, the creator of OpenAI, which is like one of the largest AI platforms right now, he just, uh, I, don't, I don't think he testified, but like he, 
basically presented a bunch of information about AI to the Congress in the U.S. about how AI should be regulated, how the AI might impact our lives, etc. I just thought it's really crazy how that presentation and this trailer came up basically in the same week. And we're mm-hmm. really like um, in the era where AI is becoming, instead of from just like a very uh limited thing you know just like used by science and type and really go into like a you know like everyone can use it now everyone has access to ai and everyone's uh, life is going to be impacted by ai in one way or another in the future so everyone can see what movies would look like if they were directed by Thomas oh yeah by oh my anderson. god so these wes anderson <laughs> oh, ai posts like initially i was like okay this is interesting it's a plague uh, but then, but then the, it started the like, AI so Wes Anderson does Star Wars, Wes Anderson, oh my god, yeah, 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 that was, uh, it was Twitter has sure. really become just like, endless amounts of quote tweeting the same three tweets, like, <laughs> like they're all like, yeah. um, oh man. Yeah, because like, recently what, it's like, uh, what's the one moment in Fast and Furious where the movie yeah. departed reality, and I see that across my timeline yeah, all the like, time. Yeah, it's like a million times. <laughs> You'll see, yeah, it'll be one of those questions, and then, like, every single day there's a new one, and then yeah. that's my whole feed. It sucks. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, I bet the creator was more interesting than the testifying in Congress bit. Yes, uh, I just anyways, thought I'd throw that context in there. <laughs> JDW tries to uh, save a robo-baby. Um, cool. I'm excited. It looks cool. Uh, we've I got a trailer. To, I think it's just it's good to see an original sci-fi movie. That's very cool. absolutely. Yes, I, I 100% agree with you. And also, like visually, the movie looks very interesting too. That's and cool. also, um, I think it's just very interesting how so many movies these days and like just like content or entertainment have just pivoted into the child extraction genre. Like we have Mando, yeah. we have Last of Us. And now we have the creator. We have an extraction one and two. (laughs) It's just like so many movies. Like, oh my God. You thought it's going to be like a massive conflict. It's like, okay, you got to save a kid. (laughs) We are really in a dad movie era. I I know. It's crazy. Uh, And this is yet another dad movie era that we will be discussing today. Speaking of dad movies. Tune. Dune 2. The ultimate dad movie. Oh, is that a dad movie? Oh my god. It's for dads. Come on. It's a dad movie. Um, No, we got the first trailer for uh, Dune 2 or Dune Part 2. Yep, looks great. I'm really excited for this. More sci-fi for me. I'm big sci-fi. I'm big sci-fi. I'm big big sci-fi. Big balls. (laughs) Butlers. Um, he's we got Austin. Bald. We got Austin Butler's too. Oh, that's well, what that's you what mean. I meant. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, you're just talking about a different Butler that was in the movie. <laughs> like no, a Al- Alfred Pennyworth is actually in yeah. Dune too. He's crossing over. Um, yep. It looked I good. We saw great. we saw that trailer a while ago, so I don't know if yeah. you guys really remember that one. Fair enough. I think it's um, it's just exciting. Like like I'm in a mood where I'm gonna see the movie regardless. So yes, I'm gonna try to pull an Aiden on this one where I consume uh, least amount of content possible, so I can go into yep. it with like you know 
just mm. not knowing anything. I just I read the book, so I sort of know what happens. But you know, I'm gonna consume the least <laughs> amount possible. I know exactly <laughs> what is going to happen. But besides that, <laughs> besides the entire plot, I will. Yeah, I'll go and buy. No, I'm excited for it. I'm really excited. It looks fantastic. That. Yeah, I love your restraints. To, say, to be honest, yeah. I'll remind you that I have not read the book, so I might actually do that. But, ooh. Anyways, uh, we got an, uh, there's another trailer we could talk about uh, from another auteur we haven't seen from in a little bit. Uh, Yorgos Lanthimos, if I'm yep. not mistaken, had a trailer uh, for his new film Poor Things, which is a a riff on the old uh, Frankenstein's monster, not to be confused with Frankenstein. Uh, the that story with that thing. Anyways, it stars yeah. uh, Emma Stone and um, Willem Dafoe and Mark Ruffalo, not as the Hulk. Nice to see him doing some nice. other things. I really like Mark Ruffalo. Side I like note. him too. I like him in Spotlight. I haven't seen that one. In the Zodiac one again. Zodiac, yes. He's Zodiac. Good, Zodiac. Eternal Sunshine. He's in that one. Yeah. Um. Is he actually in Spotlight, or am I mixing that up? Yeah, he is. Yeah, you're right. Okay. You're David. right. And he's in... Um, oh, I, there was this film in 2019 called Dark Waters. He was in that. It was good. Anyways, good to see him back. It looks kind of like like a fantastical... It, I don't know. Like it, it has a very unique visual style to it, and I'm very intrigued yeah. by it. It's I feel like it's like, using CG in a really unique way, and that, that's interesting to see. Yeah, mm. and it's like... It's almost like surreal, I think. It's yeah. kind of like, what if Wes Anderson did Frankenstein's monster? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Just Stop. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, last trailer we could talk about. Uh, there was a new trailer, I think it was today, uh, for a film I've been hearing about from some festival called Theater Camp. And it looks kind of like a like an indie type film, but it's got some big players in it. Ben Platt's in it. Um, Dear Evan. You see the guy that was in the terrifying. Oh yeah, yeah, the terrifying high school movie. He's not playing a terrifying CGI (laughs) monstrosity. Uh, He is in fact playing his own age, as far as I could tell. Um, And he's he's actually playing one of his own people. Theater people. Oh okay. Theater person. (laughs) Uh, It also has. Ao Edebiri, who I've I think I've yet to see in anything, but I've seen her interview stuff, and I really I find her quite charming. So I'm excited to see her in that. And um, the girl from Shiva Shiva Baby. Have you guys seen that movie? No. Shiva Baby. Oh, that's with Rachel Rachel Senate. Right? It's not her though. It's it's oh. um her love interest or like ex love interest in Shiva Baby is in theater camp anyways uh theater camp is like it's well that's what the title is it's basically a theater camp and putting on a production and just kind of like that world which is i've never been to a theater camp but i definitely am the type who would find themselves at a theater camp (laughs) so i i think i'm gonna really like that film uh personally i don't know did you guys see that trailer i did not this is the only trailer i did not see Actually, Peter, this trailer, funny story. So it popped up on my timeline. And, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, theater camp. Boring movie. Kind of skip. Uh, and then nice. you retweeted it. And it's like, this is the exact movie I want to see. I was like, okay. 
now I have to watch this. And I actually really enjoyed the trailer. It looks like a uh, really like a, like lighthearted, but also like because like it's probably kids in their teenage years uh, with a bunch of somewhat irresponsible adults uh, to see. I felt like it's going to be one of these movies where it's like uh, you tell some pretty serious stories through the lens of like an innocent kid or like uh, pretty carefree adults. Like it's comedic, but also very emotional and has a gut punch coming at some point. Uh, but it looks cool. And uh, the guy from American Vandal is in it, I think. Which guy? I recognize his voice right away. Like the guy playing the meat has like a... Uh, <laughs> oh, Jimmy Tintro? Who, who ate my gummies? <laughs> yeah. No, I actually really like that. So the yeah. Aiden, you haven't seen the trailer, but there's there's a guy who seems like he's not supposed to be there. I don't know what the context is, but it seems as if like an outsider has joined this camp for some reason, and he's like one of the counselors. And so oh, it's yeah. great because it's one of those like like you're probably going from his lens and experiencing this wacky world of theater people and theater kids from this mm-hmm. guy who's like. Yo, where's my who who took my CBD gummies? <laughs> <That's what laughs> I looked up. It is Jimmy Tatro, the guy from American Vandal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that. Dude, his yet, voice but... is so iconic. That's that shows the that's one of the best Netflix shows. Like it's, I, I, I saw a trailer for it and I thought it was I thought yeah. it looked really funny. Um, but that is it for our trailer park. We can <gasps> uh, shutter the gates on the theater on the trailer yep. park, not the theater <laughs> park. <laughs> Uh, Dude, we're close to <laughs> the night, bro. <laughs> that's the case. Anyways, we watched a movie. Some we of sure us did watch. more recently than others. Aiden, uh, yeah. can you tell us a little bit about this movie and maybe we'll guess sure. what it is? Sure. So it was directed by James Gunn. It was written Ooh. by James Gunn. It was starring mm. Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, uh, Dave Bautista, Karen Gillan, Palm Clementieff, Vin Diesel, Bradley Cooper, Will Poulter, Sean Gunn, uh, other people too. Uh, that's a lot of cast. Cinematography, <laughs> Henry Bra- Brom. <laughs> uh, and uh, budget, uh, 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 <laughs> budget of $250 million and it has currently a box office of about $542.6 million. Damn. Can you guys guess what it is? Yeah, I'm gonna um, say um, Blackberry. Uh, it's definitely sui- Blackberry. the Suicide Squad. <laughs> you might be yeah. mistaken. Yeah. But in fact, I think I think we did watch Guardians of the Galaxy Volume. Oh, oh you're that's right. correct. You're, right. you're actually correct. Yeah. That now is with uh, that segment out of the way, we can get to our classic game, Preda Critic. There is a website, don't you know, on the internet called Metacritic, and they tabulate uh, critic scores or ratings of a movie out of 100, and they average it. Beep, burp, and... burp, burp. <laughs> That's the being tabulated. <laughs> it's the, the calculator sounds. Great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, so they, burp, burp, burp. They, they tabulate the scores out of 100. Yeah. If it gets 60 or above, it's green. If it's 80 or above, it's must-see. If it's uh, like 60 to like 45 or something, it's yellow. And if it's below that, it's red. So we, the three of us, are going to guess where uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 lands in this metric. I'm currently rolling the wheel to see who goes first. And 
it oh, why is it still rolling <laughs> it's not stopping oh, and it's oh, peter oh. peter is in fact oh. going first to guess who uh the score of this movie yo that's pretty shite isn't it i really I don't, don't, I don't remember the movie <laughs> um <laughs> it, it would be real shite if i have to do the uh synopsis so i'm trying to get it right uh i'm gonna go for a really safe 75 really safe 75 uh, I, I don't roll... think that is safe to be frank with you. Actually, yeah, if interesting. I'm being, if I'm if I'm to be candid with you, mm. I don't think it's in the sixties. I don't. I, I don't want to rethink that statement. Uh, I Let's did see. roll. I did roll the wheel again. I spun it, and I am going next. Um, this one is tough because I have a particular opinion on this movie and. I know that reception has been mixed, but kind of tending towards positive, which I found a bit interesting. This one might stump me. I actually, mm. I'll I'll go with uh, my gut though. I'll stick with here we go. I'll go with the seventy. Play. Really? I don't. I I honestly have no idea. I genuinely think this will be in the 60s, but I don't want to have to summarize this movie. I'm going 71. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Coward! You should pick 60, safe. bro. Boo. Because then okay. if it's... Well, actually, no, I don't need it. Mm, it's not going to be above 75. Oh, whatever. I'm 71. Yeah, 71. Sorry, just... Uh, do you want to play some music while I do this? Yo, you got some elevator music sound, Aiden? Yeah, that's what I said, Muzak. I have found it. I just want to keep listening. So actually, I have all the scores for the movies in front of me, so this is interesting. Awesome. So I'll reread those scores. Do so it. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 received a 76. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume okay, 2... Yeah. Uh, yeah. If, uh, if that one got 76, there's no way this one got, like, near that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, this is the thing. Like, I don't under, I don't know what the general reception for this movie is. I know the what I The critical reception was not super, super positive. Okay, okay. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. So, first 76. Two, flip those numbers. And it got a 67. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Can you remind me of your scores? It was 70, 71? One. And, and 75. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 got a 64. It is the lowest of the franchise. I win. Peter, you lose. Aiden, you should have gone with your gut, and you probably could have clutched this one. I, but I know. I was so sure, but I, like, really did not want to summarize this movie. We are probably I... having the worst possible version <laughs> to summarize this movie. Yeah, but if I if I guessed what I actually thought, it was, still would have been Peter, so... No. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> um, 64 feels right for me. I, that feels I do, right for me, too. Feels like I probably I like this movie more than that, but I don't know if it's a better mm. movie than that, if that makes sense. Well... Now that we have finished Predacritic, we will get into our non-spoiler reactions. As the winner of Predacritic, I will go first, followed by next closest Aiden, followed by Peter. Um, okay, so I've seen this movie twice now. I did see it a bit late. I didn't see it on opening weekend because I was abroad. 
uh, and uh, I just couldn't find a time. Where? To... Where exactly? Where specifically? I'm not doxing myself in the past. <laughs> what if there is a time traveler who's listening to this podcast yeah. and then finds me in the past and kills me? I'm not I'm not playing games here. Not messing with um, that. No, so I was, I was traveling abroad, couldn't find a time, but I eventually saw it. And then, like, it was, it was wherever it was, let's just say it was a rainy day. Mm. And so, so you know, we weren't gonna do anything outside. So I was like, you know what, fuck it, I'm just gonna go see this movie. And I, this is actually a great time. I forgot I was gonna tell the story. I was in Amsterdam. <laughs> we can just say where I am nice. now. Um, yeah. And so, first of all, I don't. This is like very strange theater setup. They don't have regular concessions. It's more like a like a scooping way or like a grocery store. The popcorn okay. is in like the opposite of like a fridge. Bulk? It's in the opposite of a fridge. So you open the door and it's hot and there oh. are popcorns sitting there and you take one and there's like like That's a fun. wall of popcorns. There's it's all bottled drinks. There's candy in like scoop and you literally weigh it. There's a thing of Ben and Jerry's. There is a Starbucks, but it is a self-serve Starbucks. I did not investigate close enough or take a picture. I probably should have. But there was like wow. like literally everything. Anyways, that so cool. that's that was concessions. Very weird. I didn't really pay attention to the ticket I bought. It was really based on the timing, and it was like, great, there's one at this time slot. I'll just see that. It was um, 4DX, and I was like, I don't really know what that means, whatever. It was literally a 4D movie. Have you ever been to the Bugs Life thing in Disney World? No. Okay, so the, if anyone's listening knows, the Bugs Life thing is like where... Mm. Like, like the seat, like fucking pokes your butt and there's like things spraying at you and water. I watched the movie like that. (laughs) I didn't know these existed in the real world. I thought these were only at theme parks as like novelty things. Yeah. Like I've seen Shrek, like there was a Shrek thing at Universal that does this too, but it was literally 40 the whole time. Probably the most exciting bit was the, before the movie starts, they preview what is going to happen with a like a filmed kind of like short i guess but it's not really anything but it's two minutes of just like showcasing everything this theater does and your seat like compared to the d box we're used to the seat is like like really going all over the place (laughs) like like you're like holding on for dear life there's smoke like it it, like smoke spraying you with water but it's more like like dripping from the ceiling um the ending is like confetti comes down. Also, like there's things that poke you in the back. <laughs> so like anytime someone gets punched in the movie, I'm getting punched <laughs> by my chair. It was wild. But uh, I actually like grew to like be fine with that. It was more the, the kids who were having like a birthday party clearly or something in the front row. They would not shut the fuck up. So mm. I had a very interesting to say the least movie experience and then i saw it again yesterday dude um, how much was the ticket that sounds so like much money so <laughs> my my 3d glasses cost two euros i didn't even yeah. like why did i have to pay for something extra <laughs> that i needed anyway Wait, do, you get to, do you get to take it with you and they're the same cheap shit that you get at home like, I brought it home, and I looked at them side by side, because I was like, I'm not going to throw out the two euro 3D glasses. So now I'm going to use my two euro 3D glasses that are not different from the ones we have for free, but I'll use those all the time. Anyways, 
Only because I paid two euros. Crazy. Anyways, what did I think about this movie? I left that theater and exited and into the rain. I left the 4D experience into the rain, disappointed. Mm. I am very fond of the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise. Very much love number one. Number two has its flaws, but there's still lots to love about it. And this was just not at all what I was hoping for. It's it feels like a completely different movie, like from a, like a, from a completely different franchise. Um, and that's I think that's a product of just the amount of time that has elapsed since the last one. It's been six years since Volume Two, and James Gunn has changed quite a bit in that time. Uh, lots of things have happened. He's also directed The Suicide Squad, which I think really, really, really changed the the feeling and the aesthetics of the Guardians movie. Um, I think I think the script maybe needed some more time in the incubation period. I think it could have used some work. There's some um, stuff that I didn't care about. I just remembered it's non-spoiler, so I can't really get into any of that. But um, just kind of the the uh, the structure, I guess, of it. Sure. Or like like yeah. That's the best way I can explain it. The structure of it, I don't particularly care for. Um, now, the second rewatch kind of helped me. It, it both, I think I was, like, once I decided I hated the film, it was hard to come back from that on the first watch. And then yeah. the second watch was kind of like, you know what? There are bright moments that I actually do find funny. And once I kind of get used to the new style, I was like, you know what? There's, there is parts to love. There's still the Guardians I love in this. Um, and so it's, it's not, it's not all bad, I suppose. Um, but definitely the weakest of the franchise for me, uh, not how I hoped it was going to go. Um, lots to critique on my end. Uh, so I think I gave it a really harsh rating after the first watch. Uh, I'll probably do a redo of that, but uh, as for my score, um, I don't know. I might give it like a a three and a half, I guess. Like it's it's good. As a movie, it works. It's just not the kind of Guardians movie I was hoping for. And there's also problems with it. Maybe a three. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. But somewhere between a three and a three and a half. And would I recommend people go see it? I don't know. It's a, it's a pretty good Marvel movie. No, I don't think I would. I don't think I would recommend people go see this. I, okay. You know, I, I come back with it with a negative opinion. So, no. I'll stop talking, though. I've been talking for a bit. So, uh, Aiden, let's hear from you. What did you think about this, uh, this whole movie? Uh, yeah, so I, in some ways, I like this more than the second one. I'll say that. Really? To Like, in that, so I think that there are problems <laughs> in the second one that exist in this and are in fact exacerbated in this. They are worse in this movie than they are in the second one. I like, I kind of see what you mean that it feels like a different movie in that. I think it's, it's edited differently. And also like, it just feels like awkward. Like this movie feels so awkward a lot of the time. Um, and in my letterboxd review, I said, this is perhaps the most tonal whiplash I've ever felt watching a movie. And by that, I mean like, from scene to scene, like, the tone is insane. Like, it starts off in this, like, dire tone. Like, they're fre- This isn't a spoiler. This is just the plot of the movie. They think they're f- 
Right? Like, they think they're... F- That's not a spoiler. It's, like, the first seed. Uh, it's, like, the first seed. Yeah, but you can't tell from the trailer, man. I'll bleep what? it. Yeah, bleep that. Okay, whatever. Okay, whatever. The movie starts off in a dire <laughs> way. I'll say that. <laughs> sure. And then immediately it tries to, like, swing into this space adventure thing with, like, a needle yeah. drop. And it's like, what is... What is happening? Like, I literally... I, like, moved in my seat where I was like, What? And there's so many moments of that in this movie. That being said, I like that raccoon. I like that guy. He's a good guy. And I like what he undergoes in this movie. I like uh, the way it ends off. I think it's fun. I think it made me feel good. Uh, And I think it made me feel emotional as well. And I will actually say... This is the Guardians movie that got me the closest to crying personally out of any of them. I would say the first two, like, definitely, like, did not get me that close. And this one, I actually felt like I might. And so, while I think this movie is actually a mess in a lot of ways, and I agree, I don't really like the structure of the plot. I wish things were done differently. I think it's edited weird. Uh, I like some directing moments, but some are also weird. Um, I like this movie just because this actually appealed to me at like a more emotional level than than the other two movies did not that the other two movies to be clear i think the other two movies handle their emotional arcs better i think they're better constructed arcs this one just like was more visceral for me uh and so i actually would also give this three and a half stars because i don't think this is a super high quality movie i actually think if i was judging this just based on like how well is this executed? It would be three or two and a half. I don't think this is a super technically strong movie from a writing, editing, and sometimes shooting perspective. Um, but I just like this movie a lot, and I appreciate it for what it is. I like these characters a lot. I think this movie has a lot of heart. Three and a half stars. I also would recommend it, because everyone I've talked to who isn't like more critical of film has loved this movie. So I will say that where it's like every friend has been like, dude, Guardians 3 is incredible. Like they're all and Yeah. So I, I do recommend this. Yeah, that's that's kind of the weird thing you have to realize is like we kind of live in a different bubble where we're just we're just different. We're film bros now. <laughs> have you noticed that film bros as the meaning yeah. of that, the connotation of that term has changed? It used to mean someone who kind of like only appreciated certain filmmakers and it was kind of a shallow appreciation of film yeah like and tarantino was, and nolan tarantino Sorry, and nolan Peter. <laughs> Peter. Uh, but it was more it wasn't necessarily that those filmmakers and it was were bad They're no good it was that they would talk about them they would reference only those filmmakers and talk about them as if because they liked these filmmakers films they knew everything about film and had such yeah. an in-depth knowledge compared to the average plebeian it was a shallow interpretation, and usually the films they were preferring were had excessive amounts of violence and misogyny, and it was kind of it was a red flag to maybe you, Peter. Maybe the person who likes these movies has something wrong with them. <laughs> Not to say that the movies are bad, but when you but, pick all of these movies in a row, and like these are the only ones you like. And the things else. they like about them are, like, the wrong yes. things. that's the often. other thing. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of, like, like it's the interesting thing where most of the movies they like are kind of, like, 
symbols that like trying to say that violence is bad and they're like yo the violence in that was sick bro yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like i don't think you got it <laughs> i don't think you understood at all um yeah. yeah so so that's what it used to mean and now it means anyone who doesn't like marvel movies if you people like people who just like film like people who then, just have like just really like the art form <laughs> yeah and then they always come up with like uh, if you like, uh, imagine watching an Eastern European film about life through the <laughs> eye of a pigeon, like a Serbian film. Like that's always the example they go to, and it's like, yeah. first of all, I want to see that movie, so shut the fuck yeah. up. Like, <laughs> and no. as if foreign foreign film means it's immediately like pretentious, as if there aren't like dumb fun foreign films. Like it's yeah, and it, and it feels kind of like I have the most xenophobic like. Like, to be like, man, foreign films are so, you know, like, anyways, yeah. it's it's, it's so weird to think that you're being, like, countercultural in some kind of way by, like, you know, saying I, I think only the is, most mainstream things are what I want to watch. I, I think I think generally, like, the, the point about foreign film is actually kind of sad because it's, like, like, for the general public, they only hear about, like, the critically acclaimed foreign films, like, like, mm-hmm. if you ask people on the street, they probably heard about Parasite. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, yeah. to them, foreign film is just that. It's, like, really good critical movies that are, you know, can really be enjoyed by the general public. But then, like, it's a real shame because, like, there are so many great foreign films out there that are more on the lighthearted side. Like, Triangle of Sadness, uh, Another Round. I didn't say Broker. Like, you know? Broker that we watched earlier yeah. this year. Like, that was not, like, a super heavy... Mo- that was more, like, just, like, a yeah, fun, yeah, yeah. lighthearted movie. I think, I genuinely, it's just, like, a huge misconception because, like, you know, what you hear and what you see when you're uh, less, you know, passionate about film compared to the uh, the more in tune people. So, more it's a real shame, people. though. You know? uh, yeah, anyways, the point... Um, <laughs> Can I'm, we go sorry. back to the Weird movie, segue. though? The reason I brought it up, yeah, okay, it's still the same. The reason I brought it up was because I wanted to check, recheck the score for um, Guardians on Letterboxd. Do you guys know what it is? Uh, I think it's in, in the 4.2 or something three? last time I checked. Yeah, it's 4.2. Yeah, I know, it's high. I texted yeah. you guys, didn't I? It's 4.2, which is insanity. Dude, so the, many people gave it well, a 5. That's crazy, bro. Is the highest, I will say, though. It's the highest MCU film. On I don't think that's that surprising just because people care about these characters and this movie is very sensational in a lot of ways. Like, it, it is... <laughs> no, really I, no, 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 I disagree. I disagree. I think it's I th- because no, people I haven't think it seen is... a good MCU film for so long. No, I disagree. Like, you know? No, it's because it's no? this, movie, this movie appeals to the senses in such a way that, like... And it worked on me, so this isn't a full criticism. Mm-hmm. This movie is, like, designed to make you feel, like, relief and, like, a release at the end of it. Like, specifically mm-hmm. the way it ends and, like, like you know you know what I'm saying? Like, there's yeah. very feel-good movie. This movie is hitting... Yeah. That, that I, kind of thing. Like, this, you are designed to walk out of this, like, feeling purged of something. I also and, think... If, I think the movie is designed in such a way that... If you only watch Marvel movies, this looks like a masterpiece because sure. it's it's it, just like Guardians One. It's so different from anything it that's come different. before. Mm-hmm. This is the like visually, just visually, it's the most distinct Marvel movie I can think of right now, except Eternals. But for those are for the wrong reasons, <laughs> you know, like like 
so so it's very different in the the lighting the the camera work and then there's some moments that i personally think borderline on being manipulative that if you don't sense that are just like really powerful moments so i i do yeah, agree, I, like it, it kind of I agree makes with sense that. but it's really weird infinity but I'm also, is the second highest at 4.0 I'm also saying in the same hand, the manipulation worked on me, and I felt very strongly about it. So there is... Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, we've been uh, taking some time away from Peter. Peter wants to get his opinion out. Let's hear from him. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yo, are we ever going to get there? <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I, the process. I Trust watched the this movie process. almost two weeks ago, so it's been a while. Um, but, like, straight out of the gate, like... Um, it made me emotional, but at the scenes that you you didn't expect, you know, like like a lot of people go into the movie has an expectation who's gonna live, who's gonna die, but then, um, like it very much subverted our expectation. At least like if you formed your opinions and uh, your speculations from the trailers. So there's one really surprising thing about the movie. The other one is. As the Guardians ensemble have gotten bigger, I think like um, James Gunn did his best trying to balance everybody, and I think he did do a good job. But like, because the cast has gotten so big, like you can clearly see how attention has been taken away from some characters, and other mm-hmm. characters are getting uh, more screen time. Uh, it's very prominent in this movie compared to the second one. I think the second one he did a pretty flawless job on ba- balancing the entire ensemble, but this one. Uh, he still did a good job, but not as good as the second one, just because the growing cast. So that's my second takeaway. And then, overall, I think this movie doesn't have the same emotional highs as the second one. Like, in my opinion, second Guardians film has the highest of emotional highs in the entire franchise. And this one does not hit the same spot for me. Um, and just to cap it off, I think, like, is it a good film? I, I think it's pretty good, but is it like the best of the Guardians? I don't think so. Um, like one thing we when we talk about the Guardians film is about the consistency when it comes to characters. And coming into this film already, a lot of the consistency has been broken because of the um, the things that happened between Guardians two and three, Endgame, um, Thor, etc. Like it really messed up like the Guardians rhythm in in a, mm-hmm. in a sense. So we, we, we sort of got to see the same Guardians, but they're also different somehow. Uh, that was a little strange to get, to get used to. Um, but like, I had a good time in the theater. I think like three, three and a half, well, I'm pretty sure I gave it a four star uh, after my first viewing, so I'm gonna stick with that. Four out of five. And I think like genuinely, like this is just like, it's a good blockbuster and um, I, I recommend everyone to see it. Very nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I have to agree with Peter yeah. on that one. That this this uh, this one didn't match the emotional uh, connection I had with two. I think two kind of hit me the hardest as well. Um, kind of the inverse of Aiden. I know. Aiden, yeah. Aiden, yeah. Three. Aiden, three. Different. Like very very assuredly hit me the hardest emotionally. This is the like, only one I like haven't clearly. cried to actually. So how did you cry? I've won. Um, the, was it because of the Groot c- scene? The whole no, uh, no. I think it was the Peter take my hand moment. Oh, uh, sometimes gets to me. Not always. I can I can see the, 
we have a chance to give a shit. That 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 always makes me emotional when I see. Or it. no no no, it was um. It's somewhere around Peter take my hand, but it's not necessarily that moment. It's when they're sharing the power stone mm, bit. Anyways, um, we did the thing. Aiden, we have a spoiler warning. Pew pew pew. Thank you, uh, Peter. It is now your burden to tell us what happens in this Yo, movie that you I would saw try two my weeks best. ago. I would try my best, but I'm, I'm going to need your help, though, because I don't remember you. some of I, it. Until the two minutes are over, I cannot help. Okay. Yeah. Broken legally obligated, can't help. <laughs> legally obligated, as in cannot do it. No obligation. No obligated, dude. Obligated. I can't was just nobligated, and now it's become nobligated. Anyways, I have a timer ready. Are you ready, Peter? All right, let's let's do it. Here you go. Three. Two, one, let's a go. So, so we pick up uh, after the events of uh, Thor: Love and Thunder. Uh, <laughs> <they're> <laughs> nowhere. And, uh... Yo, guys, relax, relax, relax. Uh, you said Thor. <laughs> uh, but basically, uh, because Gamora's dead and the new Gamora's nowhere to be found, Peter's not very sad. He's getting drunk all the time. Uh, but they really, like, the Guardians crew are really getting settled down in nowhere. They know the people. People love them. They love the people there. Uh, and then, uh, out of nowhere, Adam Warlock shows up. It's like, yo, you remember? You guys pissed off someone in the second film? I'm, <laughs> And he basically beat everybody up. And then, uh, I don't know how they beat him. I think they they hurt him pretty bad, actually. But then, he, he also, like, the one key moment is he... Uh, he hurt Rocket really bad, and they tried to use a med pack on Rocket, and because Rocket is genetically engineered, apparently there's like some thing in his body that's uh, going against the med pack, and basically using the med pack on him, put him into like a seizure of some sort. So he's dying. So the Guardians crew got back together, trying to hunt down the person that uh, manufactured Rocket to get is to basically get some factory reset code to fix Rocket. Uh, and then in the journey, they bumped into Gamora. They broke into this bio factory company thing. They had a huge fight. Uh, and then they tracked down the person who made Rocket, which is high evolutionary. They went to his planet and then uh, interacted with the citizens a bit, which are all animals, but they're like human-like now. But um, uh, the high evolutionary's objective is to create this perfect society. And he thinks he can do that with like animal-like humans. But then they also observe crimes on the street, which is like, you know, the society is not perfect. Uh, they broke into High Evolutionary Ship, and then um, there's a bunch of kids on the ship, a bunch of animals, they freed Thumbs all up. of them, and then High Evolutionary dies, and then everyone evacuates to nowhere. Peter, you have a special knack for summarizing <laughs> the first five minutes for the first minute and a half, and then racing through the rest. But um, I will give you credit, you then wind up hitting all the necessary things. Usually well. you do. Yeah, so. <laughs> oh yeah, and Rocket got saved! Rocket got saved, guys! Rocket fucking gets saved. Um, oh fuck, I, I, like, I actually missed some pretty major beats. Like, Drax is not a dad, he doesn't want to be, he doesn't want to be the destroyer anymore. Uh, Peter um, goes back is to Is that Earth. in the movie though? Is that in the movie? That he is in the movie. That's in the final act. 
at the end, at the end, he he says he'll look after the kids. That is, yeah. How he, his I, I swear to God, somebody says like, "You're not meant to be a destroyer." Yeah, like yeah. Mantis says that. Mantis says that. Mantis says that. And Mantis goes off on her own adventure uh, with a bunch of space octopus, abolisks, uh, space uh, octopus, space calamari. Yeah. yeah. Also is okay. Um, Gamora and Peter do not get back together. Um, that's pretty important. Peter goes back to Earth to see his grandpa. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a new Guardians crew. Uh, Rocket, Groot, Big Groot, Kraglin, uh, Cosmo, Warlock, and the new and, kid, Philo. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's uh, Nikki Gold. Nikki Gold. She's, uh, she's Nikki in the Guardians Gold? game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. That's not who that is. No, that I'm is totally sure who that is. No, it's not. It's Philavel, I'm pretty sure. Um, or, okay, maybe I'll look it up. Um, Guardians, Volume 3, Cast. I guess it'll tell me who she plays. Just a second, just a second. Yeah. Fuck, does this kid play? Um... Dude, I'm just God, looking at post credits. Like, I'm sure, like, one of them explains the character. Fuck, what's her name? Okay, it's like one of the orphan girls. Okay, at a certain point, guys, we need to realize it's not that know. important. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Okay, who is new girl Guardians? <laughs> okay, whoever can figure it out first wins. Nothing. The girl, she is Phylavel. You guys are Phy- so bad at this. Fucking guys. said. Who's oh, she? it's because I, t- I said Phyla Vell, and Wiki- I tried doing the fine thing, and it, it was just Phyla in the Wikipedia article, mm. not Phyla Vell. Anyways, that is Phyla Vell, also known as Quasar, um, and not whoever the fuck you said. Uh, they literally call her Phyla in the post credit scene, too. No Rocket, way. R- Rocket addresses her as Phyla. So. Oh, okay, okay. I just got confused because she, uh, she has blonde hair, so it's like, oh, it's Nikki Gold. Because, like, no, gold that, was a, that, was an, that was an OC. As they oh. say. What's OC? It's terminology. Original oh, character. Let me school you. It's called original character. Oh my god. Yeah, that's terminology. Anyways. Dude, um, we're cutting all of this. This is not going no, to the bottom. Nothing's getting cut. <laughs> I'm not cutting in this episode. Um, anyways, you did a good job. I can't think of anything. I also wasn't really listening. I have to be that's, honest. It's good enough, yeah. Good enough. Okay, so we're going to get into our spoiler favorite discussion. Part, baby. What was your favorite part? Uh, who has one for me? I have a clear winner. Let's hear sure. from Peter. For me, it's the moment that I almost cried. I have no idea why I was on the brink of crying, but when they were reviving Rocket, that scene was very emotional somehow. Yeah, when like, like the uh, spit is coming out of Peter Quill's mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like like everyone's holding hands and then like when they eventually rest him, like Sorry, I shouldn't use red. 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 It's gaming lingo. <laughs> when they eventually, uh, when they eventually revived him, it was like it was actually shockingly emotional, and um, and it's really sweet to actually have like another perspective in like a. Uh, uh, you also see Gamora in the room, who's like much more distant compared to everyone else. But even even then, she is also moved by that by the the whole sequence, which I thought was really sweet to have like an outsider perspective um, of the entire thing going down. But like, just like 
that moment is like why I watched the Guardians. It's like this really messed up bunch of people, but somehow they found connections and a family within each other, and they're willing to go so far for each other to, you know, uh, in this case, to save a friend's life, which is just a really sweet thing to see uh, like unfold on screen, and also very well acted as well across the board. Um, and this is one of the moments where um, I will get into it, I'm sure. But like this film has a problem of cutting away too early or not holding on a shot long enough. Yes. And this is one of the scenes where you they actually correct, hold, Peter, yes. they actually held on to it for a bit. Where I wish they held on to it a bit longer. But like it, uh, but like this scene, like at least it held on to it long enough for me to get achieve the emotional catharsis. So that was one of my faves. Love that scene. Nice. Wow. Really succinct. I'm, I just want to shout out really succinct explanation and i applaud you i don't agree like that's not my favorite scene and i think it would have been better if he died i think i would <laughs> dude you i love like... that raccoon but i think for the emotion like if i was to get emotional i think he had had to die i, I don't think I, this movie works well if he dies there i actually i was I'm i was thinking does, for a second i was thinking for a second like are they gonna kill him here? And I was like, I hope they don't. And not even it wasn't even just like a caring for the character thing, which I do. I was just like, that's dumb within this script. Like that's a dumb. That means a lot yeah, of what we've yeah. seen so far means nothing if he just died. You hear that, Alex? Yeah. That's dumb. No, I just live. mean that. Like when I saw it, okay, when I saw it in the trailer, I was like, yeah. oh, that's the rocket dies scene. Like when you see the the spitting, I was like, like that looks like I'm gonna cry, but it didn't it didn't make it didn't affect me the way i thought it would and it's it reminds me of the the yondu dies scene because it's again peter quill doing his yell cry which i love uh and it works better in that movie because the guy actually died and i was like oh that is really sad he can't do anything about but the story's it. also set up for him to die there i don't think you're supposed to cry in that moment i didn't cry in that moment i just thought it was like i thought it was a nice moment because what i do like about this movie is that I would really not have liked it. And I say this because I peeked into your personal notes, Alex, and I saw at the end mm. that you were saying, correct me if I'm wrong, you were saying, like, Rocket being potentially convinced to go away from the group. That's that was, like, it. part of your idea. Of, how, mm. of, like, things you would do differently. That, like, Lila is still alive, and they're kind of, they come That's into true. her life, and they're, like, convincing Rocket to... In some way, they're being manipulated by high evolutionary to like kind of bring Rocket away. No, no, no. Okay, I didn't mean to bring him away. I meant to bring the Guardians to the. Oh, like, okay. Even in my suggestions, I didn't have him die. So to be fair, sure. like I, I wasn't saying he should die. But what I mean, what I like about this movie is that I wouldn't have liked it if they, tr if this movie was about testing their family unit again in like the same way of like will they stay together because like yeah they will they're a family like at this like point two again, they, you know yeah they are yeah. i like that and i like that this movie it's not a question it's right from the beginning we have to do everything we possibly can do to save rocket because he's our mm, family like and yeah. what i like about this movie what i like about this moment is that it's like it's just un unabashed affection for each other and like what i think is touching about this moment specifically in the context of the mcu is that I actually don't think we see this depiction of genuine affection and just gratitude for each other. Like, just a very simple human connection, just very, like, very, like, uh, uh, potently 
transmitted. Like I, th- I think it's a lot of like dulled down gray shit emotionally Facts. in the MCU. I agree. It's it's the thing that you know, I I didn't come up with this, but it's the idea that the difference between the Avengers and the Guardians is that the Guardians are family. The Avengers are co-workers who don't like each yeah. other. Yes. You know, they barely tolerate each other. So that's why these movies, the Guardians movies, are the ones that actually strike up emotions for me and I find most people because yeah. they care about each other. The Avengers barely care about each other. They're friends at best, you know? Yeah. Um, and then anyway. when they try to do big emotional moments in the Avengers, it's like, okay. It hardly and works. Sometimes. Yeah, it hardly works. Sometimes it works okay, but yeah. It's it's usually particular character relationships. So right. I don't know, like like Spider Man, Spider Man. That's kind of like a, yeah. Of, yeah, yeah. Those two have a thing, and it's a connection that they've worked on, and so that that works. Yeah. Anyways, Aiden, do you have a favorite scene? Yeah, actually. Uh, so I I think I actually will get disagreements from both of you guys here. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the very opening. I like the... Uh, oh, yeah, because yeah, you're telling me. I really love the creep by Radiohead <laughs> needle drop. I actually think that's... It's a great moment, and it's almost bittersweet because I think it sets the tone for a better movie that's more committed to making that movie. You know what I mean? It's a... It's like... The thing I said when I first came out of it was that I think this movie was setting itself up to have more of a somber tone, but was resisting that. And it didn't, it didn't want to go all the way into that. And I don't know if I'd phrase it exactly like that. I don't want this movie to be somber. I don't want it to feel like, I don't want to feel like deflated watching this movie. I want it to be a fun space adventure. You know what I mean? But I think that this movie loses its urgency sometimes, even though it should feel very urgent the entire time, because the emotional stakes are the highest they've ever been in this franchise. Like rocket dying is, is like, I think the worst thing that could happen to these characters, like at this point. But there are some points where it's like, let's go, guys, we're going on an adventure. And it's like, this is wrong. So what I really like about this moment is about this moment is that it sets up for it sets up for a really good arc that I think they wind up getting to in the end. But the the in between between those two points are not good or, or they're, it's not super well executed. So it sets up for. The Guardians are in disarray. They have been either running from their problems. A lot of them have been like running from their problems, unable to kind of face up to themselves. And they've been holding on to the past in a bunch of different ways. Like that that's like a big thing of this movie is they've been holding on to the past and they can't move on. Um, so you see that with Peter. You see that with Rocket. I really love that it's just Rocket like walking through to this song. I think... And I text. I remember I texted you, Alex, and, and about like, oh, I really like the creep Radiohead moment. And you were like, you think it's a bit on the nose? And I think no, because I believe Rocket would just play that song. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, if it I was understand. if it was a non diegetic song, I would agree with you. Where it's like, okay, I get it. Like he's he's a creep or whatever. But I think he would play that. And I think like, <laughs> yeah. And I uh, I think I really like how it's just kind of this like, kind of not floating camera, but just like slowly following camera and nowhere feels almost desolate. Like, like they've really hit a low here. And what I like about it is that in the end, it's paralleled by the big dance party, which I feel like you guys are going to not like, but I, I really liked that moment because again, like it's like the idea of like all of them are holding onto the past. And like, by the end of it, like they finally just let go. Like they're, and they're finally able to just move on and just 
and one might say the dog days are over. <laughs> um, but I, I also like the needle drop there. I even though like I could totally see someone hating this moment. I really like it when Drax dances. Like I like that he is no longer holding on to a preconceived image of himself, and he's willing to let go of that in in support of being being like really who he was meant to be all along. I think like there's really powerful ideas of um, like how much these characters have learned from each other. What my biggest problem is, is getting from point A to point B is rocky. And the ev- like, I think that there is an arc that you can trace probably for each character, but it's not necessarily presented super well. Yeah. Lots of things to comment on. Um, uh, yeah, sorry, I went all over the place there, but yeah. That's, yeah. Um, I'll just say, okay, I'll, I'll focus on the, the, the favorite scene that you mentioned. So I did say that it's a little on the nose, but I, I do agree with you in that, like, I think anyone who listens to Creep and who likes that song and has it in, you know, one of their playlists, I'm one of them. I like Creep and I've, I, you know, I mm-hmm. probably listen to it more than I do now. I'd probably more likely to skip it now than I, anyways. I think anyone who listens to that song feels like they're a creep, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't think you just listen to that song for fun. I, maybe you do, but, you know, like, you kind of feel that way, and I think, so I, I see what you mean in that it makes sense for Rocket to listen to. I kind of find it interesting as an opening as a whole that it's a different opening than we've encountered for these characters yeah. because, yeah, it's setting such a different tone. I actually really like that Star-Lord is like drunk off his ass yeah. at the beginning. I like that too. I find that really interesting and depressing. And it's it's yeah. great because like he was doing like really well at the end of the second film and in events that, that unfortunately don't happen in these movies, he's had a real fall and so we have somewhere to go, which is great yes. because that that could have been the concern is once once Guardian Two ends, it's like, where do you go from here? They're all yeah. good. They're all happy. They're a family. And now things have happened. There, something and is broken, and we need to just to it. hop in. Like th- that scene sets up for the movie to be about them finding their way back to like the joy they felt in each other, and like finding themselves again. And again, I think the movie just loses that. I think it has yeah. to be this. It has to be this gradual transition where they go from beaten down and then in their adventure they remember certain things about themselves, are willing to let go of other things and come out the other side better. But I think that it's just too jagged in that approach. But yeah, sorry. They should have been sadder the whole time sh- and then I, get I, funny. <laughs> no, I, I, I genuinely think that. I think they should have been yeah. sadder for the first, at least the first yeah. third half of that movie. They should have been sadder and they should have learned to not be sad anymore. Yeah. I do find that, well, we'll, we'll talk about the comedic or the inconsistency later. But like, like that's the only time Peter is drunk, not yeah. this Peter, that Peter. Um, he's like, it's it's an isolated thing, and they say it like again, and it's like, first of all, I I'll bring this up now, but Thor: Love and Thunder is full as far as I could tell is just not canon because yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I was, I was gonna bring it up. He guys. was happy. In, uh, he was yeah, so happy. He yeah. was fine. Yeah. That movie's yeah, not canon. Really it doesn't. That movie is <laughs> so fucked. Anyways, yeah. so that's not canon, and I'm happy with that not being canon. But um, yeah, it, so it's weird that that's such an isolated. Like, why not let him be drunk a little bit longer? <laughs> you know, that yeah. could have been a fun thing. And also, like, 
if the comedy is not from the characters being goofy, but from the characters' sadness kind of being funny, yeah, that works. Like that's Star- what I'm saying. You can Garlord, yes, Star Lord being drunk off his ass can be funny. Work and you can that, do you know? that. You can do that in such a way without crossing a line where it's now you're not taking it seriously and you're not caring yeah. for the characters. Like, yeah, I agree. They should have found comedy in like the deep sadness of the characters, where. Instead, they're trying to find comedy in the same way that they find it in the first two, and I don't think it works. Where it's yeah. like, like it's particularly the kind of comedy that's in the second, where it feels forced. Like it feels like they're trying to put yeah. like bantery moments and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I, I have some more thoughts on that, but I, I will get to my favorite point, our uh, favorite yeah. part. I've, I have two I want to talk about, but they're different. They're different in tone, and I'll be quick. Sure. So I have one that's funny and one that's sad. So I'll sure. start with the funny one to switch it up, maybe. So sure. there's a lot of moments that I found funny, and especially on the second watch that I kind of appreciated more. One that I I think might be the funniest is in the trailer, which is unfortunate. The best moments are in the trailer, and so I, you know, there's not a lot waiting for you as a surprise, unfortunately, in the movie. But it's the moment where. Gamora says to, to Star-Lord and Nebula, she's like, I don't know who you're talking about. That sounds more like her. And then Star-Lord and Nebula look at each other like, no, that's crazy. Who are you? I mean, I don't, I don't like her. And then they kind of stop and they look at each other. And she's like, knock it off. Stop looking at me. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you have really nice eyes, though. And it's just like, like it's a comedic moment that like works for his like sad puppy dog kind yes. of character and it's edited well which i cannot yeah. say about exactly. so many other times there's a long pause and i was like yes long pauses big fan yeah. of long pauses and it's it doesn't work without that pause and so i think i think that's a really strong comedic moment for a, a it's also that was lacking in them it's a strong comedic moment because of the thing we were just talking about where like it's funny because of how sad peter is like peter Peter is at such a low point that he would like look for he would look for like love in anyone where he'd just be like, Oh, how about you, Nebula? Like he would do that and yeah. that's funny. And he's still also like his womanizing self who can't yeah. he's like like still kinda like a philanderer who's like cannot stick to one person. So even though he's like sad about Gamora, he's still like, Hey, Nebula's yeah. not looking <laughs> too bad right about now, you know? Yeah. Just sleazy as shit. I love him. Um, and then the other scene I want to mention is the song. It's set to um, the "Do You Realize" song, where Star Lord is sad. <laughs> and there's a theme here, and he's holding on to the balcony, looking out at space, and he's just listening to the headphones by himself. And what I realized on the second watch was that this mirrors the scene from Guardians One. Do you remember the moment where they were in nowhere they were leaning on the railing it was it, him and gamora right it's that yeah, scene yeah, yeah. yes mm. is it it's like, i'm trying to remember come the a little song. bit closer you no it's not no, no it's not <laughs> no, it's, it's a fool, fun no. song fooled around and fell yes and yes that's it yeah. that's it oh my god so so in that scene it's it's him and gamora and it's, it's their love taking shape and it's sharing the music and looking out at the beautifulness of space and then here it is mirrored He's, but he's by himself, and he's looking out at the beautifulness of space, but he's got no one to share it with. And it's very sad, and it made Dude, me sad. So sad. I didn't cry, but that was a moment that I was like, 
I really this he clearly did this on purpose, and it's it's just and no one says anything about it. It's one of those like subtle things where you have to just like appreciate it. So I really like that moment. Anywho, yeah. um, let's get on to some different points. I think um, sure. let's maybe talk about the visual direction. So this is probably one of the few things that is like the single, not the single, but like Kate, what? one of my biggest kind of issues with this movie. Uh, the uh, visual direction is not bad. It's just very different. Um, hmm. The way I describe it is that this feels like, this doesn't feel like Guardians of the Galaxy 3 brought to you by the guy who did the first two. This feels like Guardians of the Galaxy 3 brought to you by the guy who did The Suicide Squad. feels more like that movie than it does the previous two in the visual style. And it's, it's a difference of what was originally just kind of like closed off shots, shot, reverse shot coverage, like, like pretty basic mm. coverage, honestly, but like moments of stylization and some movement. Switching that for this movie to constant handheld work, whip pans, um, I'm trying to think what else, like lots of lots of accentuated kind of movements to highlight action and yeah. kind of like a tendency for wider lenses and closer yeah. framing. Do you want to add to any of that, Aiden? No, I agree. I also think that this movie uh, employs like a pretty eclectic mix of visual styles. I think that like... There are some scenes that are like filmed incredibly differently than the rest of the movie. So like, particularly when Rocket uh, in the flashback goes ape shit on the on the high evolutionary, like mm. the cut of, the inserts that it uses of like the mouth and like the oh, like the that, super yeah. like I I like it too and like the glaring light and like it, it's very interesting. I don't know if it always works because. I've seen it too long ago, but I, I think the visual style of this movie, like, changes drastically, like, from scene to scene, moment to moment. Well, within within a scene, I think it, it's pretty consistent, but, like, different between different scenes, I think it, it changes quite a bit. But I think the visual directing is overall better. I think this is the best-looking Guardians movie. Um, mm. I think that, like, I think that, and, like, I've th thought about this more, like, I think the first one, like, looks fine and has like a lot of the yeah. trademark marvel problems and then i think that the second one is a step up in a lot of ways but has some problem but like for example like the third act at the end is just like i mean i guess this problem this movie also has like maybe a not great setting for the third act but you know uh yeah. i i think that this is like probably the best visual directing in the in this trilogy to be honest that is shocking i thought like um Two was my favorite when it comes to that because I think one is a little too, uh, at least from two is a better color, than one, I think. Yeah, yeah, from a color perspective, one is just very, uh, very boring, and two, you know, where we we go to ego and you know we have all these different landscapes and it's all very colorful. Like I just thought this one is maybe a little too colorful, uh, and and I'm like I'm nothing against like the bio company or the uh, high evolutionary planet. My problem is with Nowhere. Like, why did they make Nowhere such like a... Nowhere is supposed to be like a neon cyberpunk, you know, like this sort of like run-down city, the steampunk even, I don't even know. 
yeah, but, but they've then, revamped it a bit. But like they introduced sunlight to nowhere. Like no, why? I, I actually, <laughs> nowhere's I, like much more visually interesting when like it's like a little dark, a little groomy. But the, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but it's unmoved. Why would they? Why would they keep it looking like that? No, I I I'm on Peter's side. It's the same as it was in the. I don't know if you guys saw this, but the holiday special. The holiday had. special. Yeah. And like why did I they saw do it then, that? I was like, I was like, oh no, what did what did they do to nowhere? And I just kind of like it occurred to me in the rest of the movie, like the lighting has changed co- like considerably from the previous films, mm-hmm. and I think like the way I describe it is. It feels sterile and harsh. You especially notice like the highlights. I th- no, are I think really there is a lot of. I and, I like well, they're, but they're not blown out. They're just bright, and that's what yeah, I like yeah, about this movie. They're really like, bright. Yeah. So I like, really like it. It's not necessary. It's not bad. Sure. I don't like it, and especially nowhere. I was like, this is really weird. From it feels like like I don't know where the. I don't like. I don't like daylight nowhere. And I think that's just yeah, a personal I agree, I agree. preference like, thing. I it feels like they took my dark and grimy universe that I like and then they turned the light on and they made it daytime and I'm I would I argue that it's that. still dark and grimy in most of its aesthetics. It's just now using maybe higher key lighting. And I think maybe. that and I I I actually like that this is like a very bright movie in a lot of places. I like again, that's one of my criticisms of the first one. The first one's dark. Like the no, first I one absolutely is, like, agree with you. It's dark in a lot of ways. Like I just think um, at least nowhere as a setting is more visually interesting when it's uh, in this sort of dark setting, where you can really showcase, um, I guess, the characteristic. Like I couldn't tell if nowhere until like they said it. Oh, we're we're on nowhere right now, uh, because like I can like just basically confuse this with any other normal alien settlement slash like city town you know but like nowhere has such a i guess like unique uh, visual style that you can just tell it's nowhere especially like well uh in the first film or uh briefly during infinity war but like in this one it's uh like i couldn't tell it's nowhere until they they told you it's nowhere the the issue and, and I'm going to jump, I'm going to start talking about Nowhere, which is a point I have in general. Sure. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. that, was, that was one of the issues I had, but I think there's a bigger issue in that. They've decided to set up camp here. Their Guardians HQ is here, and that's fine, I guess. I, you know, you can say that there's something to be said about that, but um, never has the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise felt... Like it was filmed on a set more than now is what I sure find. more than in I the, will give you that that it feels like a set I'll say it that. feels like a set feels like light is coming from a set it feels like all of the actors are actors and BG and I'm like please make this stop it feels mm. it doesn't feel like the Guardians world it feels like like it was filmed on a set and I think there's a lot of different issues there so it's light lighting is weird but also like. The way the actors are told, like, everyone's, like, really chummy with the Guardians, which is a weird change. Like, all the denizens of nowhere. That's fine, I thought. And they're just like, hey, yeah, Gamora. Like and I'm like, who the fuck are you? I didn't, I didn't care but for But they're, they're, like, they're, they're, like, running this town. I, sh- I think that's, like, an interesting thing that they chose to, like, set up a shop and try to, like, build. 
I think it's perfectly in line that they would try to build a more permanent community. I think that's in line with what something something the Guardians would do. I don't know. It also it feels like this is going to be like the new Star Wars land. Like that's what it looks like to me, and that takes me out of it. Like oh okay, like it like it looks like a Star Wars land where I think it this can be setting that up. I think there can be better set deck too. I'll, I'll give you that. Where it, it is like. There's something weirdly sparse about it. Like it yeah. should, yeah, that's it should it, maybe it should feel. Uh, I think it should feel more like disorganized. Like there should just be like kind of stuff, mm. like a a kind of like friendly chaos to to everything. Like an, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I agree. I agree. Like it definitely lost a lot of visual uniqueness. I guess that's uh, what I'm trying to bring up earlier, compared to before. Uh, yeah, it's it just looks like a generic alien planet instead of but i still stand by that the lighting isn't the problem for me it's it's like a set thing for me maybe it's like they just they it's like they took the nowhere that we liked peter and i i guess and then they cleaned it up they're like this isn't hospitable let's clean it up let's turn on the lights let's sweep the street so that it's clear let's i don't know kill half the population of nowhere no (laughs) one's here anymore but like they they thanos nowhere um anyways that's so like I think you could in theory make that work. And I, I just saw something else where like a different medium where the Guardians HQ was set up in nowhere. So that's not like a weird thing. Oh, it was a comic book. I was reading a comic. So like that's not a novel idea. They do do that in the comics, but I I think yeah, it was just weird filmmaking for me. Also just like everyone we've ever met in the Guardians films are on nowhere too. It be, it's become callback city. So the guy, the jeweler from the first movies, there. Did you see him? He's playing poker with them. Right. No, I didn't really? See yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the guy that originally Peter was going to sell is, the power stone yeah. to. Yeah, the guy who, I remember who you're talking about. Obadiah Bado, Obadiah Bado. That scene. Yeah. The Howard the Duck is on there. Who else? There's one other character. Who well, Cosmo oh, um, is, is just there now. Cosmo's just there. Yeah. Cosmo is that nowhere is his home in the comics, but the guy from Guardians One, lots of Guardians One's reference where. Where it's um, that was my favorite knife. That guy, oh, yeah. Dax takes his knife. Yeah. He's in the movie on nowhere. Oh, really? Like really? literally, like yeah, small characters for Emma's like, like the, what I sa- said in my notes is that the universe has never felt smaller because mm. all of these things that I guess maybe you guys didn't pick it up on it, but I did. Again, it was just feeding into this like feeling of like this is just a ploy to make the new Star Wars land. This is Guardians sure. of the Galaxy land. Where coming summer 2027, you know, you'll be able to walk in nowhere and you'll see all of your favorite characters from the Guardians of the Galaxy films, even the ones that have very small parts. That's what it felt like to me. Um, maybe not a, a common issue, but whatever. Um, what else can we talk about? I don't know how to transition out of this. Oh, transition. Uh, speaking of transitions, the editing. None of yes. us liked it. Um, yeah, there. I will say there is one particular scene where I was like, "Stop! Stop! Stop!" Like in my <laughs> in my head, I was like, "Slow down! What are you doing?" Whoa, and it's, it's the one where they've just arrived at the organic station, and it's mm-hmm. the scene where Quill is talking to the other people as he's like jamming the jamming the barriers or whatever. 
Do you know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like, he was like, first shields like, down, second shields down. The, shields the, down. Yeah, the yeah. conversation they are having is so insanely yeah. fast, and every single yeah. joke is just like, bah, 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 bah. There, I think there's one where... I, I might, I'm probably imagining this. I doubt this wound up in the movie, but this is what it feels like where a character's dialogue overlaps his own dialogue. Like he cuts himself off in his own That's shot. That's crazy. And it's like, that probably doesn't that happen. Might have happened. But it and just, was it, was it, it feels Quill? like that happened. Wasn't it? If, Quill? Yeah, it, yeah. It feels like Quill cuts, either comes in too early on his own line or like so, it's, it's so bizarre. But this, this is a problem throughout the entire movie where it's like, it feels like, they realized in the edit, holy shit, we have filmed a lot of stuff and we need to get through this right now. And, uh, yeah. I think there's a, like, it's so it comes out at 2 hours 30 right now. I think mm-hmm. there's a 2 hours 45 minute cut that needed yeah. to get shaved down quite a bit because they're like, we can't, can't market this. Yeah. We're not Avatar, you know? And so they, what gets cut is, like, the, the rhythm which is yeah. a really important part of editing. And so, like, yes. that scene, I think, was a, a really bad one. But, like, kind of, like, throughout the movie, there's just, like, it it ruins jokes because yeah. the m- most important part of comedy is timing. And so without that, you're, you're fucked, you know? It ruins jokes. And then it's also, like, scenes come and go to so quick that it's hard to tell like which moments are super important and which ones are not this is something i feel like i talk about all the time so sometimes i feel like a broken record but like because it's a problem i've had in my own editing where it's it's actually hard to edit your film in such a way that you make sure the most important moments that need to be spaced out are spaced out and then the other things can go by in a more fast-paced uh in a more fast-paced manner and this movie has a real problem with that i think that it's not until like in the second half, I think it's less of a problem. I think that this movie mm-hmm. starts once they get to the fake Earth, the counter Earth. That's I think that's probably it. Actually, the fact that they just want to get there quicker, I imagine that's, that's why what it comes I had so that much. exact take where I was like, I think that they were trying so hard to get there because I think that you need to get there early for the spaceship thing for the destruction of the planet to matter, yes. and also yeah. it's that because we need to go and talk to people and we need to see that there are people there. It's also, I think they probably realized, oh, we get there and then we're gone very quickly. We're actually not here for a good chunk of the movie, even though it feels like we're supposed to be here. This feels like it should be a bigger deal, but it's, and this is my broader problem with the plot of the movie where it's just quick, like catch and catch and grab missions. I don't know what the actual term is, but it's just like, we're doing this thing and now we're doing this thing. And now we have to do this thing. And now we have to do this thing. I think this movie has a problem with unity of action. But going back to yeah, the no, editing point, that. though, like, I, at least, like, I don't remember having problems with the comedy, but I had a huge problem with the uh, the times where they cut to the flashback scenes. I think, like, um, it might not be, like, the tonal shift you were talking about, Aiden, but I think I find the timing of cutting back to uh, Rocket's flashbacks extremely weird. Like, initially, they were just cutting it back when... Rocket was like, you know, his condition has worsened. So we're like sort of in his head. He's sort of mixing right. up the memory from before and after. And then after we just started cutting into that in really random moments that I really just don't understand. Um, yeah. I that remember, ruined the sorry, pacing I'll, for me. Yeah. Sorry, Alex. I'm just going to jump in really quick. Just because Peter, Peter texted me. We both saw this before Alex did. So yeah. Peter texted me. <laughs> we're and he was like, remember. hey, how did, he said, how did you feel about the, uh, about the flashbacks? 
uh, and I he you brought that up that the, when it cuts to it you had a problem with that I just yeah. I wasn't paying attention to that I actually found that there was so much going on in this movie that mm, there's a lot going like on. I struggled to pay attention to this which I'll yeah. get into that it's one of my other problems but yeah that I that might be true but I actually did I wasn't even thinking about it yeah no I think you're uh, the fact that there's a lot going on I've been hesitating to say that but there's a lot going on in this movie. Oh. There's just, there's too many characters. I think yes. we've reached an oversaturation fact, of Guardians characters, which is why we have to have the calling at the end. Yes, and I, like, the, I don't know if we want to get into this now, like, I, we can still talk about editing, but there's one particular character that I would entirely scrap from this movie. Yes. I don't care, I don't yes. care that he's set Me up too. in the other Does one. his name Me start too. with a K and end with a raglan? <laughs> I fucking hate oh, him. Oh, really? No. No, I'm no. not talking about him at all. Adam Who Warlock for me. It starts with an A and ends with an Orlock, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Aorlock? <laughs> you did the no, joke Adam, wrong. No, no, no I, I didn't. Adam no, Warlock starts you, with an A. No, but you oh, started with... Like, I, I did the whole okay. word. So I did start yeah. with a K, ends with a raglan, and you said no, it starts with an starts A. starts with an A and ends, ends with, with an Warlock. Warlock. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought you were talking about it. Anyways, also agree. But yes. I hated Craglin's arc. I'll get into that. I do want to. You can about the you can find out a different way to do rocket whatever you know whatever. But sorry, yeah. what are you gonna say? Okay, editing. Last thing. Also, individual moments that aren't comedic sometimes are overcut. I find that some sim like like especially in the beginning when they're still on no nowhere, they'll be like like really simple action. Like people are walking or picking things up, and they cut like four times. And I think yeah. that's I think that's a a product of trying to cut down the time it takes for that to happen so they think that like maybe like like if i cut to it and then we can shave some time in between you know or it's it's a product of the the coverage they've chosen because they've gone for a a a different way of covering things by with their kind of more fluid camera movement and handheld and panning lots of panning in the same shots instead of inserts the cutting is affected and i found that there were awkward moments where like cutting in mid pan or something yeah that was it just didn't work i i think the editing of this movie is resisting the cinematography and visual direction Mm. i think that they are they there are ideas that they have gone back on in the editing and yeah. are trying to fit it into something else and it's not working. Yeah. I like and I will say like this movie feels like of of the film I am working on now of editing. There was a stage of working on it where I was like this is too long and I need to just make it shorter and I was trying so hard to like like cut cut a third off of the runtime and the cut I got out of that was a butchered mess. That was mm-hmm. just like all of the content was there, but it was just like but 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 and that's what this movie feels like. Where it just they're like, okay, so how can we edit this that all of the things that need to happen happen in the movie, and they're not concerned about the presentation of it as much. Um, and so yeah, I think I think the editing's a, a huge problem. Rhythm is everything, and I think yeah. what you have to learn is that like like I we've both learned that like we've been taught, which is really sad that we've been taught that <clears throat> you have to keep your films short. And I think what we should have been taught is the film speaks for itself and you have to find the right length for your film. Actually, one of our instructors did. One of did our instructors of, is very adamant that. about that. The other one, but... the one that you didn't have was more like, 
Keep it under 12 minutes. Shouldn't be yeah. over 12 minutes. Anyways, um, where were we? Okay, we, we did kind of mention that we had some characters who we thought were extraneous. So why don't we maybe talk about one of them? Let's yeah. talk with the guy who starts with an A and ends in Orlock. <laughs> Yeah. Um, dude that is such a like i'm serious if you cut this out if you cut him out of this movie the plot is so much more focused you can develop the high evolutionary more you can spend more time with him instead of this weird secondary antagonist thing you can and like i don't care that he's set up in guardians 2 just ignore because it because of a post-credit scene yeah exactly. yeah no like absolutely. that's that's happened in other MCU projects. I, I can't think of an example, but I know it as where something has been set up and they just never did it. Oh, oh, we didn't watch like, it, but Shazam 2? You know how the Shazam 1 ends with the tease of Dr. Mine yeah, and yeah, Dr. Yeah. Savannah or whatever? Like, they tease that, sequel doesn't do it, the post credit scene of the sequel is the same post-credit scene. <laughs> no like, way! Where, where they're still in jail, and Dr. Mine is like, where working on it <laughs> <laughs> next time Zandry. yeah, no. yeah um, i th- i think you're you a- you're able to cut out so much of the bullshit of this movie i also while we're talking about just cut this isn't a character but cutting out things in general like i don't know on the one hand i like the idea that it's a space I, on the one hand i like the idea that it's a space adventure where we're jumping around a lot but i also think that like we don't need to go to this place and this place and this place. Like the fact that we go to the bio lab and then we have to go to, then we have to go to counter earth. It's like, I was thinking that actually works so much better for me. If those places are just like the same place, like, or if Mm, like, what if the bio lab is just like orbiting counter earth? It's just, it's so weird to me that they go to just two completely different places. And it's just like, like and the and it, there's no reference of Counter Earth really until they get to the bio lab and then suddenly we have to go to Counter Earth. Like it's this to yeah. me. It's it's an example of the failure of unity of action thing. And sorry, I, I'm jumping around so much this episode, but, that but would be I, Adam Warlock also feels part of that. That yeah. that would be more unity of place, but that is one of no. The but it's unities. it's also a unity of action thing where it's like we've started by doing this one. Well, okay, it is the same action. I understand. It is the same through. The same line a- the action is save rocket. But it's right. a convoluted path to yes. get to that, and it's not always clear what we're trying to achieve. I think is the issue. Yes. I think yeah. also but, like like the breadcrumbs they plant to like like these are the steps to save Rocket. I'm always kind of like, wait, we have to do what? We have to yeah. go to Orgocore to do something. I don't know what we're doing there. Yes, and then we have to do the guy, and I'm like okay but who's the guy and what why does he matter and then we have to kill him and i was like why are you killing him you yeah, need him for the information a... and then we take the thing out of his head and we yes no you're right we don't have like, enough context what for is that. going on yeah dude no, yeah. i didn't have this problem at all for some reason and wow and well, i this thought was like a huge problem for me i, I thought I like the i thought like the 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 pathing also makes sense it's like it's really typical action movie stuff where you get to one place, turns out the thing you were originally planning didn't work out, now you have to go to another place. I thought that's very typical. That's like... Did, I, 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 don't I think you're right, problem. but I actually think it's what Alex is saying where, about the breadcrumbs. I don't, I don't think, like... I think we're learning about things after the fact too often, and I think the example of the guy with the headpiece is a perfect example of that, where it's like, Peter fucking kills him, and it's like, 
what what did we need with this guy and then it's like oh well we're gonna take the thing out and then run the thing yeah because like, it wasn't oh, mentioned okay i'm pretty sure it's it, it, it's, it's like um, weird they first go to the bio lab and then they extract rockets like code or something and then they plug it yeah. in they found out a chunk of it is missing and then they track that chunk to that guy's headset and because the headset's connected to that guy's brain they have to you know rip off the headset yeah i just him. i think i think in a movie like this where you need there are steps you have to take to get to an action there have been examples where the steps you need to take are much clearer and i think there are ways to make it clearer i just don't think the movie does a good job of being very clear about what it is the guardians have to do to save rocket i think it should be very obvious and it's seemingly convoluted for no reason well, and also, yeah. I think it's really just a, a method of them trying to explore different Whoa. places. Like, Whoa, else, like, why would you go to yeah. counter Earth in the first place? I like having two planets, I will say that, personally. Anyways, Aiden I, wanted to chime in. I, I'm realizing my problem isn't that it's two planets. It's like, I I, I think it, it is that, like, it's the idea of we need to get this thing, and now we need to get this thing. It's like, it's a bunch of, like, item quests within this movie and too many gimmicks and that like that's what i don't like about it like i would prefer if they need to save rocket and i I think also my problem is they don't get in real contact with the high evolutionary until late in this movie and i think i would like it if it was more like less about like they have to retrieve something and more like Maybe they have to bring Rocket's body to like this specific lab or something. Like, I, like I don't know. There's just uh, something specifically about like, yeah, like they like, need to go fetch these items, and then th- we need to get this item. Okay, we got this item, so now we need to get this item. Something about that is wrong to me. It's what makes more sense is if they tried to find someone who can fix him. Don't yeah. go to this fucking lab. Like, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? The first reaction would be, okay, who's an expert on? Yes. Fixing robot people. There seems to be like a more yes. obvious first solution. You're right. If, it's you're always... right. And in, it's what it is, is it's that like that jumping, the beats that it takes to get them to get off of nowhere and go somewhere, it requires like several jumps of like, okay, Rocky got shot. And so we put the med bay on. The med bay, the med pack isn't working. Why isn't it working? Well, Rocket's been biological, biologically engineered. Oh, okay. So within that, there's also a specific code. Oh, how do we fix that? Okay, well, if we get this thing for the code, then maybe we can go there. Well, how do we get that thing? It's in this place. And then they go. Whereas you're right, it's so much smoother if it's just, oh, fuck, what's happening to Rocket? This guy might know. And then they go. Yeah, Like, that feels like it's such a clearer action. It's There's two different things. It's the fact that what there's the, the, the right way to do it, which is a character is always going to do the easiest possible thing right. to try and solve their problem. The easiest possible thing is to find a doctor. And it's going to yeah. be a specific type of doctor, but a doctor is obviously the first solution, not Rocket's creator. That seems very specific. And like you wouldn't, you shouldn't have to go through that hassle to find yeah. Rocket's specific creator to fix him. You would say, no, I'm going to go to a doctor. And then, you know, things happen that mean the doctor says, I can't fix him. I don't know how. Here's what you need to do. And then events have happened up to that point where now we know how to find. Because the issue is 
Yes. How do we find Rocket's creator? This is the the issue that clearly was a problem. And so then they have to reverse engineer how to they find They have to him. do something so that they can find figure out yes. a way to find him and so that's what my problem is that just, the whole point of the first yes you've said it you've said it my problem with the first the going to the lab thing is that the whole point of it is so that they can find out a way to get to the high evolutionary yeah it, and it feels like rendered pointless yeah yeah no that's what it is it feels like a pointless thing just for the sake of plot development yep script doctors yeah, no, I, I disagree. To be honest, I think Shut I think up. there has to be a progression <laughs> there, right? Like, and I and I think the way they they the journey was set up is just in a sense where they're you know they haven't fought for a while. They've settled down. They've chosen this sort of like uh, the more, I guess, like peaceful lifestyle over like the fighting, going around robbing people, guardians, and then there needs to be a fight that sets them back up going back into the union again before, you know, you fighting eventually still, on counter-Earth. You can still have a fight. Yeah. We're just saying yeah. that the setting, Peter, the setting and the goal of that section, that which is the, the first part of the second act, they've decided yeah. the setting is Orgocore. The goal is get thing that I still cannot tell you what that is. It's and the an thing Orby. doesn't really matter. Yeah, like I, yeah. I, I don't really remember how that plays it, and I saw it yesterday. Whereas, dude, I think, dude, genuinely, it might just be your problem because there's I, two of us. <laughs> there's two of us yeah. who agree right now. Like, okay. anyways, what like, we're I, saying, just, I find it shocking that you find this an issue because, like, I, I saw it, you know, um, like. You know, hey. I saw it earlier than you did, and I still remember exactly what they need to do to get it. <laughs> what I'm saying, okay, what I, it's not that I, it's not that I was watching the movie and not understanding. Okay, I'm saying that, like I, I watched, I comprehended, I comprehended, I comprehended yeah. the movie <laughs> as I was watching it. I'm just saying that the choices that were made were bad choices. Sure, because yeah. they don't make sense and they actively confuse the audience instead of being normal choices. And so what I just want to say first is that what we're suggesting is that what probably was the first natural solution to the problem, the problem that is set up is Rocket is gravely injured. The, the option, the, the next step that makes the most sense to these characters should probably be Let's go find a doctor. Now, a good screenwriter would then put in obstacles to finding a doctor. So you put the doctor in a location or in a situation such that a fight will incur, occur anyways. Fight can still happen on the way, during, or yeah. because they have found a doctor. Fight can still happen. It can even be on Orgocore. I don't give a fuck. But like... It's the goal that needs to change. It's and it's also a problem of the the first the orb feels pointless because it has the code in it. It has the code in it that they need, and then they get they it and they code. need more code. Yeah, <laughs> it's all they just code. need more code instead of it Peter being like it. it's instead of it being like like plots should like zigzag, and yeah. by that I mean like it shouldn't just be like. We are trying to get this thing. We got some of it. Now we need to get more of that thing. 
Now feels we like need a, to get more of that thing. It, it should, feels like it should a Mission Impossible twist. movie. Yeah. It's like, it's like we found the code, but the code wasn't good enough. We need more code. <laughs> Gotta yeah. get the other code. Anyways, I think we've we've drilled this point into oblivion. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's go back to Warlock because we didn't even. Yes, really I have more that. to say about Adam too. Adam Warlock. Yeah. Um, I, it doesn't work. It doesn't work yeah. the way they did it in this movie. Just it, it's. I think my problem with him is that it's a nothing character. Like not only like it's it's too much for this movie that he shouldn't be in. Like because he. He's clearly extraneous. He's what causes Rocket's injury, but that's kind of the only part he yeah. plays. He doesn't really affect the plot in a meaningful and way. Any way that he does affect the plot could be replaced by something else easily. And his character is just doing the bidding of others. And he's yeah. but he's not a henchman. That is a henchman. And you've elevated him to like an actual like leading character. But like he's just doing what he's told. And I one question that I have is, in the third act, he's still fighting them, and I don't know why. His yeah. mom died, and I'm like, I, dude, I don't know what your deal is. Why? You don't give a shit. You've been told, you've been conditioned to, but even then, you're kind of like, I've been disobedient this whole time, and I don't understand what your deal is. Dude, honestly, yeah. like, his role in the movie is just be a nuisance. It's like, yes. yo, we need someone to fight. Who can fight? Adam Warlock. Yeah. Uh, it's things like... I, sorry, sorry, you go. Uh, sorry. I'm just going to no, quickly go. wrap up. We do this um, all the time. It's so cute. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, like, hit, let, let, let me just summarize what he did in this movie. Okay? He, he beat up Rocket, so he set the whole plot in motion. Sure. And then, you know... Gamora, she hasn't been doing much on Counter Earth. Guess what? Yep. We're gonna have you fight Adam Warlock. Yes. Yep. Sick. And then at the yeah. end, guess what? You're gonna fight Adam Warlock again, and he's gonna be gravely injured. And you're gonna be the heroic. You know, we're gonna have a heroic guardian moment where the group's like, "Yo, we gotta save Adam." And Adam's like, "Why'd you save me? Oh my god, I'm a good guy now. Let's go." And then does the finger touching thing to save yeah. Peter Quill. <laughs> That's no, it. That's his entire role in the movie. No, it's exactly. I was gonna say that exact thing where it's like the the moment where it's like Gamora's on the spaceship alone and she yeah. needs to have a problem. She needs to be yeah. doing something. It's like, dude, just make her not split up. Just have less groups. If you don't have a thing for all of your groups to do, have less groups. Have them in like two or three <laughs> groups instead of four or whatever. Have like, less groups. I want to yeah. have that on my wall. Less groups. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Um, in fact, I was kind of like, I didn't really want to say this because I wasn't sure, but like Gamora is totally sidelined in this movie, right? Yeah. Like she yeah. doesn't really have an arc. She's just kind of like... She's, she's more... more there for Peter's arc. Yeah, yeah. she becomes yeah, a prop, which yeah. fucking sucks. And I understand why Zoe Saldana doesn't want to do this shit anymore. Because Gamora has never really, she's always kind of been not fully realized, but never to this extent. She was actively like doing things in Guardians Two, and in this one, her like when she's on, alone on the ship, she's looking at like Peter's things, and I'm like, what is your arc? Why do you want to do this? Why do you give yeah. a shit about what's in his backpack? But. Well, I okay. I I actually think that there's something more there. I think that it's 
I don't think she's a prop. I just I think she's just sidelined a little bit, and I it's my main problem where like she should just be with the group more, and she should just be forced yeah. to tag along with them more. And it's it's weird that that's what's happening, but it also is avoiding that happening. Like so, like I the way I see this is that she is she doesn't have any recollection of anything that Peter is talking to her about, anything that any of the other characters are referencing. Yeah, because she's from a different she, universe right. timeline. Yeah, yeah but she she's hearing about these things about how she's she was this good person and it's making her question yes. who she yes. is now. Exactly. And so she's she's looking through Peter's things and she's questioning like, well, what is it about this guy? You're saying like I loved this guy? Like you're saying this perfect version of me loved this guy. Is there something within him? And I actually think and so I think there's an interesting arc here. That doesn't necessarily need to be overstated, but I think it's a bit understated in this. No, movie. for sure, I, I agree do with anything. You. With I think it, it would be yeah. so cool. It's like, who was this Gamora before me? You know, who was this Gamora? Like, because she is sort of like thrusted into this universe because she was following Thanos. She was at a different place compared to the Gamora that they were with. So it would be actually really interesting to see her explore uh, what the Guardians 1 to Gamora was like and how she arrived at this spot where, you know, she betrayed Thanos, uh, fell in love with Peter, etc. Like, how did that happen? I think it would be really interesting if she explores that in this movie. But, of course, didn't do I, that. <laughs> I think that's what her thing is when she's on the ship by herself. She's mm. like, I think that is, I think you're right, Aiden. It's her trying to figure out why she cared about these people. And so that's why she's like, watching rocket and she's like they must really care about you like you pet or i don't know she called him a, a name yeah. or something and like i think she's like she do something with the music like she's like looking at the music and she's like i don't get it and she doesn't get groot and then eventually yeah. she does so like it is kind of there but i also i don't think it's there enough and i think she is sidelined i I, I think my main problem is that she's she's isolated. I think you can do that with her being there still. Yeah. And she's she's not given like actual actions to do most of the time. And I think that's yeah. my problem. And also that is more about exploring who the guardians are instead of who she was, you know? It's more about the guardians instead of past Gamora, which I thought Well, but, she's one but of that's the, the only way she that's the only way she has to trace it. It's like it's they like she's doing archaeology, no, and she true, doesn't. She doesn't yeah, have her point. skeleton. She just has yeah. the material culture of the people around her. No, 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 no that's a fair. very yeah. specific metaphor. I see what you're doing. To my minor, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I see you. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. <clears throat> I think we've. I think we've covered Gamora. I think this is starting yeah. to make sense more for me now. But I have a question for you guys. If it wasn't just like a better idea to cut them all together. How would you fix Adam Warlock? If he had to be in the movie, what would you do? Because he doesn't work. So what would you do to make him work? Well, two of my main problems with Adam is, first, like, his presence doesn't really mean much. Like like I said, he's just there as a nuisance. And the second Mm -hmm. is, his change of heart is just way too sudden. It's like, I I think it would be really interesting. Because, like, um, one thing they sort of stress at the beginning, when we first met Adam... Uh, is that, you know, oh, like, you know, we broke him out of his womb early. He's just a child. He doesn't understand anything. So, like, how does a how does he reconcile a child's mind, a child's understanding of the world with a body strong enough to be a god? You know what I mean? And how does he sort of balance that relationship where he has this such 
mass power destruction within him, but he can't really comprehend it because he, in his in his mind, he's just a kid. Um, I think it would be really cool to see him on Counter Earth or like especially on High Evolutionary Ship, like see him. How does he grapple the situation of you have a bunch of kids imprisoned on a ship doing like he's running human experiments? But I'm being told that I'm I'm supposed to be the good guy protecting the higher evolutionary. Like mm. I think that would make more sense for him to do like a change of heart then instead of like oh group save me I guess I'll join the guardians now. I, like he can be introduced a little later maybe like you know like before they can fully get to high evolutionary then to it's like all of a sudden a new challenger has appeared Adam Warlock you know type of thing I don't know but like either way like I just think. Um, no matter how you position him, he's just not set up properly. Like, there's just not enough screen time and backstory given to him to make his appearance meaningful. So, yeah. Yeah, I think there are two things. There are two ideas I have that I don't know if this fixes it, but to me, these weave him into the plot better. And one of them is that you touch better, you touch more closely upon the affinity he has with rocket as both of them being beings who were engineered to exist. Mm. And then you also deal with the power scaling problem that I have in this movie where to me, the high evolutionary doesn't feel very threatening most of the time because he's in fact very handily dealt with. I think that if you establish Adam Warlock as incredibly powerful and very hard to stop, which this movie does in the beginning and then kind of doesn't later, but if you do that and then you make it so that you make it so that at one point in the movie, in order to defeat the high evolutionary, the guardians cannot do it by themselves and rocket needs to harness or come up with a plan that utilizes Adam Warlock drawing on this connection that they have. And that's the only way the raw power of Adam Warlock is the only way they get to ultimately defeat the high evolutionary which i think establishes the high evolutionary as more powerful and requiring some kind of assistance to defeat and it also thematically ties it in as a being who was who lacks identity because he was thrust into this world and in some ways feels like a crime against nature yeah not hello uh i really like that (laughs) my my two things that i had were one, I think he needs to be more central to the evolutionary's plans because yeah. right now he is the henchman to the henchman. Yeah. That's too many hench people. We're too, too many, many we're too distant that he never feels fully like connected to the point. And also like he doesn't care. Those are my kind of two issues. So I would have it where because and also I realize this solves another problem I have. I don't like that the evolutionary has gravity powers. It feels yes. really random and like yeah, unconnected to yeah. his shtick, which is yeah. evolution. <laughs> I'm like gravity. What are we doing here? And yeah. just like seems like we're just trying to have a an opponent who is formidable enough to like mean that all the guardians have to take him on. So what I would do is have have Adam Warlock be like his his henchman, like his henchman, the his main guy, and like it can be like part of the thing that like he he didn't create him, but he created the person who created him. The idea of like evolving something to its purest form that is Adam Warlock, 
I don't understand why yeah. he hates him so much. He doesn't seem to like Adam Warlock, which doesn't yeah. make sense. He should love him because he is exactly what he wants. Um, and then just have him be like the physical threat to the Guardians. Instead of well, that, the scenes where he, yeah. like the Guardians have to fight that high evolution or like the gravity powers, go, just have Adam Warlock oh, do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Instead of trying to fuck around. Because why would the high evolutionary do that? Why would he? Why would? And, yeah. he, and he tries no, to right. explain it too. He's like, after Rocket fucked up my face, I turned my powers to myself, and I fixed my face, and I gave myself gravity powers. Like, yeah, you what? I don't. I don't think he. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. He wouldn't do that, but he absolutely would create the perfect defense specimen. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. My um, my other. Th- so, uh, so you go. Okay. You go, my other go. thing is that. Um, Aisha's like the post credit scene. She's like, I'm going to create the thing that will fuck up the Guardians so bad. I hate them so much. And then Adam Warlock shows up and he's like, Guardians who? He doesn't know who they are and he doesn't care. And I know that the baby mentality is like kind of his comedic persona. It's the incongruity that I usually preach about. So like I get that and I can't really counteract or like disagree with that. But I think he needs to hate the Guardians because he doesn't. He doesn't care. And I think if he hates the Guardians for who they are, I think that ties into the themes. I think the themes Mm -hmm. are, and they very clearly state this in the movie, it's hating, you shouldn't hate things for what they are. You should accept them for what they are instead of what you want them to be. And if I think it's so easy. You could have made him hate them for who they are and then he has to accept, just like everybody else, that they are what they are. And I think... They could do really interesting things with that. Like, this is your third Guardians movie. It's nice to kind of reflect on what's come before. And so you can have him interrogate their flaws and be like, are you the Guardians of the Galaxy? You don't guard shit. You know, like something like that, you know? These, you know, anyways, I, I can't explain it better than that. So that's, that's I think, together the three of us could have had a really good Adam Warlock. No, and um, I, I was just going to say that, like, I, the one thing I do, like, I actually believe that the high evolutionary would never like, would never truly like anything he's created because he's trying to do something that's impossible, which is, like, create the perfect specimen. And like you said, the point of the movie is that, like, there is no perfect specimen. You should, like, accept yourself for who you are. Like, like that's a lot of, like, what Rocket is. It's, like, rejecting the things that have been imposed on him and then accepting the thing that he naturally is like just in and not being ashamed of himself anymore and not being resentful of it and i think that that could tie in where like the high evolutionary is trying to make this perfect specimen but it never comes out right and he's never quite able to do that and i think that's what the point is i think that's what the point is with counter earth where it's like it became this like crime thing like he was trying to make the perfect people in the perfect society and it didn't work that way but I, I agree that they this movie squanders opportunities to have that exact same theme in different areas. Yeah. Dude, low-key, uh, like, th- this movie just needs either less stuff or a longer runtime. Yeah. Needed a rewrite. That's what I mean. <laughs> um, let's talk about, um, I don't know, Cracklin and Cosmo. So this was something that when, you know, we each had something that we thought was extraneous. Um, I think the... Cut, keep cutting back to Kraglin and Cosmo was just um, I get it I get the point like and its function in the the story but it didn't work for me at all 
Um, I, it might just be that I think the jokes are really dumb. Like the, the fact that they're dragging along the bad dog joke. I was just like, okay, bad dog. Um, and it just like, yeah, I never found that worked. And cra- oh, my bigger issue is more the Craglin that they try to give Craglin an arc. And it's like, he can't figure out the whistle thing. And then at the end, he needs to hear the, the heart speech, which he wasn't there for in Guardians 2, so that breaks <laughs> the canon. But that's, that's a small thing. But also, like, following your heart was not really the point of the movie yeah. or anything that had to do with his scenes, which are supposed to be comedic relief that weren't funny. So, Dude, I think they I, just wanted a, a Yondu cameo, to be honest. I don't think that's third true. I, think, I just think that they were pushing something that didn't need to be there. I think they 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 were trying to give Craglin more to do because he they teased it in the last one that he was part of the team now. Just fucking yeah. leave him on nowhere. Just come back Save to him, him when you need him. I don't see. Yeah, that and then I agree that if they want nowhere to be there at the end, which I I don't think that's a bad idea. I don't have a problem it's with that. Fine. Um, I you do need to show him at some point. He can't just be literally at the beginning and then right at the end. Yeah, but I agree. I agree. You yeah. can you can do that in a better way. Yeah. Um, what else can we talk about? We're gonna try and speed run this. Um, I I'm gonna just refer back to the top. So first thing I have is tone. We wanted to talk about tone, comedic whiplash. Yeah, I think we've talked about. I, I think we've already actually talked about this a decent amount. I just sure. from scene to scene, like the the scenes, the emotions that are driving one scene drop off in the next, and then yeah. they come back, and then it's it's just a very strange roller coaster. Um, and like yeah, just just the most like this movie should feel more dire. It should feel have more of a sad tone that kind of permeates the thing. And they should find the comedy in that it's, it's that whole idea. Basically we've, I really noticed that the first watch and I, I kind of just let the movie wash over me the second time. So I didn't notice it as much, but I did think that they would, I, I, I felt very strongly the first watch that action was happening. They would, say, okay, we are taking a break for comedy right now, and then yeah. they were going to be funny. Remember the old Guardians, the chummy, funny guys? They are, you're these guys for right now. And then the scene always inevitably ends with Peter going, guys, we have to save our friend. We have to <laughs> save Rocket. How many times in this movie does he say that? Because he has to remind us what the stakes are. It's, yeah. And this is just a problem the movie has as a whole is that you've injured rocket and i'm just gonna like all of these points in a row you've injured rocket you've taken out part of the family and so now you've ruined the dynamic rocket isn't really in this movie it's a different younger version and i admit i don't love that he's not part of the group and now we have to do these flashbacks which kind of like are weird um then this thing that happens in the beginning has to sustain us the whole time for like the stakes, but even trying to raise them doesn't really work because like, Oh, the fluid is filling his lungs and then they just fix it. And then it's always like, guys, remember we have to save our friend and we're not actually upping the stakes. We're just kind of reminding you of them. And I think the, the problem is that, He's dying. I don't think it works. I think him dying the whole time... Shut up, Siri. I think him dying the whole time 
has too many problems and I I don't think it works and I don't remember where this point started. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I, I, I will say I had a feeling of I wish that I, I think there's a version of this movie where he's still dying for whatever reason, um, but he's alive. Like yes. he's with them and he's conscious. He's conscious. And, and he's still dying, but he's there. And I think that yes. you can have this really good descent where the characters start out with like, we've we've saved the galaxy how many times now? Of course we're going to save you, Rocket. But there's still that underlying fear there. And as it keeps going and they get negate it's getting closer and closer to rocket dying and they haven't solved it yet. That fear is growing and growing. Like, yes, I, I think that that's probably a better way into this story than just having him kicked out of it. I completely agree at the end, you know, like, uh, end of the second act, have him go unconscious. Sure. Whatever. But my biggest suggestion, I'm jumping way ahead to the, how I would change, like what I would change is that have him conscious the whole time, because when he's unconscious, he doesn't get an arc. He's just reliving his past as exposition for us. Sure. He's not changing. He's like as stagnant as can be because he is unconscious and not doing anything. Um, and where was I? So what I would have done is have his past come back to haunt him. This is the classic thing. Have one of his treehouse friends, maybe the scary bunny or the scary otter. I don't think the walrus works. But um, one of those two, have them show up and maybe they find him because High Evolutionary wants to do a thing and he's looking for Rocket. I don't know. Maybe they contact them out of desperation. But like, anyways, if you have him conscious, you can do so many fun things. Like, you know, he knows he needs to go home, but he doesn't want to. He doesn't get yeah. that choice this time because he's unconscious the whole time. That fear of going back and of seeing his creator, we don't get to explore until in the middle of the third act, there's the one moment where he hears High Evolutionary and you do like a very quick camera push in and he goes, oh my God, it's a High Evolutionary, right? But like, that should have happened ages ago. Um, yeah. Yeah, I and I, I also think, I, I have a problem with, I actually like the flashbacks, but I think that too often in the flashbacks... Them. Yeah. yeah, I think that too often in the flashbacks, an important thing didn't happen. It's just like they were there and I, I think you can actually like bring them together more and have fewer flashbacks. Um, yes. But I will say like, one of my favorite points of, parts of this movie is I think there's a great shot where it's when Lila dies, when she has been shot and Rocket is like immobilized by grief, like as a baby. And he's just like like so tense and he's crying and it's this like profile kind of two shot of him just like stood there like shuddering and i think like that's a very like powerful moment um and so there are things i like about the flashbacks but i i think they need to be consolidated a bit more i don't think you need Agreed. to get rid of them yeah. i think what happens yeah. what could happen is if you have the person in the present come back then that can trigger the flashbacks because peter said mm. that he didn't feel that the flashbacks were properly um like, like the, the timing of transitioning to flashback yeah. yeah it's very interesting but having having part of the past come back can trigger those memories and that actually exactly makes sense. that would be Espe a much more natural way to do it I especially agree. if those memories are ones he doesn't want to relive yeah. um True. i think also where was i you get the chance of him like having to come to terms with what happened to him because i like that's sort of happening but he's unconscious so like what does coming to terms I, mean in that case? 
I think like he does get that a little bit, but I agree that it's my same problem where it's like point A and B are actually like decent where like he started out and he's a yeah. creep and then you have the scene with the raccoons where he's like oh there's a great no, scene. there's which is a great scene that like that was like the closest I've been to crying I think in any scene in a Guardians movie. To mm-hmm. me like that is like one of the most emotionally potent moments in the in the trilogy. But like and, and like that's a great moment because it's like except it's like look at look at what I was there was nothing wrong with this and like I was a like baby. he's he's able to like let go of some of the like so much of the resentment but the the but scene point yeah. A and B isn't really there um, but yeah no I agree with you okay other things I have on this point um, him avoiding going back home it mirrors Quill's arc love mirroring good thing that could have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, does Rocket feel guilty about his friends dying? Sure Fuck off, Siri. <laughs> Take off my watch. Okay. Does Rocket feel guilty about his friends? It seems like he does based on the shot you just mentioned, but yeah. we don't get to play with that. If his friend comes back, he can feel guilty about them. Like if they had a near death and they didn't actually die and then he abandoned them, quote unquote, that can be an interesting point of tension maybe. Maybe sure. that friend is has been corrupted by the high evolutionary and betrays him, and that fucking sucks. I don't, that's a big cliche. Or maybe, I, but. I, I don't like the betrayal. I actually like the idea that they've been experimenting on so much that they actually don't even exist as, like, a like the personality isn't there anymore. It's just, like, Ooh, the like body that. has yeah. been mutilated over and over. So it's, like, it's really, like, a zombie of what was once there. Yeah, no, I like that. Um, oh, Yo, what, is, if they, uh, what if they bring them back, but, like, as the their zombie self? That's fucked. That would be crazy. No, that would be crazy. It's like he sees Lila and he's like, what the fuck? Lila's still alive? And then Lila's like not the Lila he needs. No, actually, she's still dead, but it's the corpse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, It's a high evolutionary Frankenstein thing. It fits. It fits. It works. Um, The only other thing, this is really small. I kind of feel like the high evolutionary should have taught rocket mechanics. This is kind of a dumb small point, but he teaches him math and stuff. But, like, I think it would be neat if if the high evolutionary's thing was, like, kind of being, like, a tinkery guy, like, originally. Because how, mm-hmm. like, the other animals are also, have been tinkered with. And then, does it, like, that kind of, like, makes sense for why Rocket is a tinkerer. And then, also, I like the idea of, like, this terrible creator, guardian parent passing down something into him and like that's his skill but it comes from something so terrible yeah and it is a central part of his identity and he has to contend with that and accept that part of him without being bogged down by the traumatic past that connects to it yeah that'd be cool exactamundo let's talk about the high evolutionary um how do you guys feel about him what pretty lame i I think to be i actually yeah really i thought he's like the best villain across the trilogy to be honest i I think I would. Um, I I legitimately think both Ego and Ronan are stronger within the comics. Really, that's so interesting. Because I not that Ronan's I, a strong character, but I think like the function Ronan performs is stronger in that. I like. Either. I actually. I kind of like Ronan the best, which is really that's crazy. <laughs> I like um, his aesthetic. He's just an angry guy, and he's scary. He's a scary, angry guy. He's scared. He feels like the biggest threat out of all the villains. Really? I thought Ego definitely felt like the biggest threat. But, like, at least from the way you fight him, Ronan feels like the biggest threat. That I agree with. 
But, but like the reason why I think I really like high evolutionary is because I think the present day high evolutionary kind of sucks. It's like a kind of hollow, you know. It's like, um, yeah, this guy yeah. holds in the, the secret to rocket. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I really yeah. liked him in his flashback. He seemed like a really fleshed out character where he had this like sickening belief that he can create the next best thing. And I thought like from the flashback to seeing Counter Earth and then seeing how like the, you know Counter Earth still has Earth problems. I thought like that entire sequence was great. Then we meet High Evolution in the present day and he's just like a shell of his former self. Like his former self actually had like a belief. He's like, um, you know, I want to make things better and this is the, my way of doing it. Even though, you know, like we, as we can see, like that's a terrible way of doing it. But the present day self, he is just like, he sort of became Ronin without an intimidation factor. He's just an angry guy. He's like, I want my test subject BT something, something, something. I want him, I want him, I want him. I, like, he's supposed to be this like sort of like cold, almost like calculated villain, but then ended up just turning into like a rage monster, which is just like the most boring trope. So, yeah. like, past high evolutionary, good. Present high evolutionary, bad. That's my take. That's... You, yeah. you hit it. Rage monster. Yeah. He very, very quickly becomes one note. He starts yelling like the first time we meet him and yells the whole movie. And it's, yeah. I think what he needed to be was, a, and I, like, I'm, I, I, this might just be like my personal preference, but I, I kind of think it, it's an, a necessity. I think he needs to be colder and detached and just kind of like yeah. an analytical scientific i don't give a fuck about your feelings kind of person who builds to rage monster but it's when he's yelling all the time it's like like there's a moment in the third act where he's yelled for the 19th time and it's supposed to seem like this is in a a very big yell and i'm like oh it's not you've yelled yeah. the whole movie i don't feel this isn't any different I, I agree. He should. I think that, and to add on that, I think he should be cold, cool, and analytical, except for when it comes to specifically how Rocket makes him feel. Because yeah. Rock, because his entire identity, and this is actually something I like about the movie and the character, his entire identity is that like he is God. He has a really great mm-hmm. line actually, where he's like, "God isn't real. That's why I had to step in," or something like yeah. that, which I, which I think is a great line. Um, and Rocket upsets that. Rocket fundamentally, Rocket is smarter than him. Rocket yeah. was able to I really like, like that, and so he shakes the balance. Rocket fundamentally alters this guy's identity. He changes. He is a threat to his beliefs, like in how the world works and what his place in it is. And so I like the idea that Rocket would trigger him and upset him in ways that no one else can. And I also like that the movie that that's present in the movie and that they don't comment on it. But I completely agree with you is that he also freaks out about everything else. So it's like, yes. Yeah. Which is, which is also building on this point, which is why he needs to teach rocket mechanics. Yes. Because if he teaches him and rocket becomes better than him, that's like the worst possible thing to him. He's got like this, he's got a God complex. And I find it so interesting that he's like, like it's it's like this parental fear of like I've it's the it's what the opposite of a parent should be instead of being proud that your child has surpassed you it's becoming afraid that you've created something better than yourself it's that like the self-conscious version of that um 
And like, yeah, man. Yeah, and it's like, and in that way, like, the high evolutionary does, and I'll give credit to this, like, he does represent, like, and this is something we've talked about, specifically in reference to Ronan, he represents, like, the antithesis to what the characters need to learn, which is, like, like to accept themselves and, and accept things the way they are. And there is something within the high evolutionary where it's, like, he can't accept himself, and he has gone so down the line of, like, I, of, like, being a really actually, like, self-loathing character, and I think the movie yeah. misses a lot of opportunities to do interesting things with that. I think also in being an antithesis to other characters, I think another really, like, obvious fix for something that I didn't like, he's he's not from Earth, yet he's obsessed with Earth. And yeah. you have Star-Lord, who is of Earth and is obsessed with Earth. Just make him from Earth, dude. I completely why, agree. I was like, why, why is, the hell? Why the fuck yeah. would he want to make Counter-Earth? Why would he be obsessed with uh, upgrading Earth animals? Like, literally no other animals exist. Except the obelisks, yeah. but like, it's so obvious that he is Peter Quill, but like, super fucking twisted and you know has some different yeah. issues. But like, Peter's afraid of going back to Earth is so perfectly encapsulated in this guy who is obsessed with it, and like that fear of going back to Earth, which is also has been fucked up by the Russo brothers because he does just he chill does on back. Earth in Endgame. Yeah. He's like, oh, this that's is fine. true. Oh this my is god. Fine. Yeah. Whatever. Um, but, like... To be fair, you know, though, it's, like, a mission, and he's there, and he's gone. So, in, in fairness, it's not yeah. it's not like a visit. In Like, you know, like, if you went to war, if you fought in France, you wouldn't be like, yeah, I took a trip <laughs> to, to France. France. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think he should have been human, and I think that does so many... There's so many, like, super obvious choices that just open up doors that I don't yeah. get. Um, trying to pick and choose things we haven't talked about. Um, I did talk about that. Did we talk about Starmora? Uh, yes, yeah. we, we need talked to about talk Gnora. about that. No. We need to Gnora? talk about the relationship. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so this is a, a compliment I have for the movie is that I really, really like that they don't try to make Star-Lord and Gamora get back together. It doesn't yeah. make sense with who the character is. I think it's they do a really good thing where Peter has to mature because of this thing. I actually think this is probably one of the better realized arcs in the movie where Peter has to learn to move on and he has to, he has to like try to find love in a different place and get back to his roots and, and yeah, yeah. like, like learn to be himself again. And not just find like a new girlfriend. Like he has to yeah. actually just like take some time for himself and like, like, Oh my God. When Gamora says, I bet we were fun. That, yeah, that, that might have brought peak. me to tears. That's a great, that was that really was nice. Yeah. Uh, that that bit made me really sad when they say goodbye to each other. Um, yeah, and honestly, like I'm just like it's one of the things I really like about this movie. It's like I didn't know about this, by the way, but like I thought like killing off Gamora in Infinity War seemed like such a natural thing, and then I literally learned from you guys that James Gunn wasn't aware this was going down in Infinity War. Uh, so then I, I will, just... I will actually amend that statement. And that I've seen in interviews since James Gunn was actually considering killing Gamora in Guardians Two. I didn't oh, hear that. And I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Well, that 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 is very choice. strange. So like, yeah. it's not true that it was completely out of his mind that she died. Okay, but yeah. I yeah. I also but like think... it was the Russo's decision to kill up Gamora in Infinity War. It was not so, James yeah. Gunn's, right? I and also I think in support of the Russo brothers, which is not something I usually do. 
Killing Gamora in Infinity War was a great idea. Yeah, it was it a did, great it idea. It does work well. Yeah, great idea. It's Because I, I, I just watched Infinity War, actually, and it's going to be my Rex if we ever get to it. But yeah. the moment when she dies, I was actually, like, kind of sick. Because, like, like, not physically. Like, like, yeah. like, because, like, she fucking, like, dies like a normal person. She falls yeah. from a cliff and bonks her head so hard that green blood spills out. And I was, like... It's like sickened by that. Dude, that's Infinity like a War does that death. though. No, no, no. This was a good movie. I really it's like when, no, I'm when on Thanos the did the time. <laughs> yeah, oh, you're, oh, yeah, like, yeah. oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> like, what the fuck? You got to, like it felt like an illegal move. But anyways, okay. going back to this movie. Like, <laughs> uh, going back to this movie. Like, I I just think like it's so impressive that James was sort of dealt a bad hand because he wasn't really involved in uh, killing off Gamora in Infinity War and he managed to salvage it in such a graceful way. It's so good. To it's so good. To have like you know both of them be true to their the, their characters at that spot, even though it's sort of inconsistent with their past Guardian selves, um, and still have a really sweet arc between the two. So just I, shout um, out to I, James. Honestly, I think this makes for a more interesting Guardians 3. No, absolutely. Because yeah, yeah, we were yeah, talking yeah. about this already. But, um, yeah. I want to move on to a different point. Yeah. Lots of people, lots of characters seemingly died or were about to die. There was one that like, I really have a problem with. So, preface, Rocket was basically like marketed as he, like, we're going to kill the raccoon. Watch this movie. Yeah. Watch us kill this raccoon. And at <laughs> some point, I think I said to Peter... Like in the up to the release, I was like, I don't think they're gonna kill him, because and my reasoning was they're hyping it up too much. When they do yeah. this, they always subvert expectations. When you say this character is gonna die in bright letters, no, they don't. That never happens. It's always like that's that's the key to subverting is the character you think is gonna die doesn't, and the one you think is gonna live dies. That's yeah. so I, I I called it Peter. I called it. Anyways, the one that I like this scene makes me like really angry is when Star Lord is about to die. Yeah, because I don't like that either. It like like and seeing it the second time, I was madder than I was the first time. Dude, and it's, it's space again. It's space again. It's yeah, kind of a like, real obsession with people going out into space and it's really <laughs> tired at this point. And it seems yeah. like they're really trying to make you think he dies because he's he's stuck and they're like, no, no, no. Groot's like doing the tendrils and then they like pump up his fucking face to yeah. look like this grotesque thing. And I'm like, oh, so you fucking killed him. It feels so mean spirited too. Yes. And it's very unceremonious. And it's like, yes, because uh, I was like. I was like, okay, there's no way he dies like this, but also he's clearly dead. I'm looking at him dead. His face just puffed up. It's So it's unceremonious yeah. for a character we care about who was, up until this movie, the main character of this franchise. And also, like, he dies for, like, the dumbest fucking reason. He's going after the Zune, an object he does not have nostalgia for. It's not like he's going after the mixtape in the first movie. This does not have a connection to his mother. It, yeah, it he's giving it to family, he's, sort of. He's getting it to give it to Rocket, and we don't learn that, that until that's later. What the is. But like, like yeah. it just like that is not a good enough reason for him to be like, oh, I need to get the zoom. Oh no, I dropped it. Like you know, like it. Feels... That's not what my problem is. My problem is that like I think that's an emotionally manipulative moment. Yes, it's, it's like, a manipulative s- moment. They Absolutely. they they tried it like 
convince you he dies not by building up to that kind of plot point by just ha- but by just showing him dead it's like it's like if you walked up to the character and showed him like getting a bullet to the head and being like just kidding like they kingpinned <laughs> like, him they kingpinned him <laughs> from all yeah. guy. like we fucking <laughs> shot him no yeah. but first, like i actually wrote in my notes this is what i, I wrote like he's really dead He's actually so fucking dead. <laughs> yeah. Psych! You know, like, that's what that moment feels like. And that Dude. is, like, textbook manipulative. And the funniest thing is, like, he actually was exposed in space for a very long time. And then, he's just fine. Like, he's I actually God, fucking Every dead. single movie, it's inconsistent. Like, in the first one, like, when, um, when Peter was trying to save Gamora, like, Gamora's in space for a long-ass time. And then Peter had to come out his pot, take off his mask, put it on her, all that shit. She was fine. And he was fine. And then second one, Yondu died so fucking fast, bro. Like you see the blood coming out of his eyes. And then in this one, Peter was in space for like five minutes. And he's like, oh, you know what? Actually, Adam Warlock, superhuman, is fine. <laughs> and Just like, needs a hug from Adam Warlock. That's Warlock all doesn't do. even fucking do anything. Like I thought he was going to use his magic Jesus powers. And he, and he just like... That's not the Jesus powers. He was just reaching to them. Dude, the finger-touching thought... thing? Like, you know that's referring to the painting, right? Yeah, no fucking shit. I'm yeah, not... yeah, yeah, Yes. Like, it was so that, that was silly. That was too that was silly for me. Dumb as fuck. I hate this movie. I hate this movie. Um, I have another manipulative moment. I think Aiden might be able to hear us. He has stepped away. But, um... I can hear you. <laughs> <laughs> he, he confirmed. He shouted. He, he can... <laughs> So, another manipulative moment, I think, is when yeah. Rocket's tree friends die. Rocket's it's, tree now, this might oh, be the, controversial, uh, but it's, it's the, a flashback, and, he's, and it, at least the way they do it, the way they execute, I think it's a moment that kind of needs to happen, but, like, I don't like the execution of that scene, the execution scene, where he's escaping, he's like, guys, we escape, we need to go right now, and then just, like, gunshot, and I'm like... I. I disagree with I'm you thinking, there. I, I thought that, that was fine. That's false yeah. to me. I don't know. That's to me. That's that's a good dramatic tension moment to me, where it's like they have to get like on the edge of escaping for that moment to like feel really special. Yeah. Um. And and I don't think they die. They don't die in like a. I mean, getting shot in the head is brutal, but like, it's not like we see them all get cut to pieces or whatever. Because that yeah. would be like, what the fuck is happening? It's also that we know they're gonna die. Like the entire time yeah. you see them, there's literally a scene where they're like. It's so good that we're all friends. <laughs> like we yeah, know yeah. they're gonna die the entire time, so it's not like it's not like the Peter thing where it's just like out of nowhere they're like, "What if Peter died here?" You know what I mean? That, no, no, that one is a different level. But yeah, I almost yeah. wonder if it if I would have liked it more. Not necessarily if it would be better, but if they got a little bit closer to escaping, like they Maybe. barely step out of their cages and they're gunned down. I kind of. Like the idea of them actually seeing this guy, and then being like Sky. Yeah, like, that, I I, that like, might be better. Yeah, uh, like because when be she's cool. like Sky, I'm like, cool, actually, yeah, really, just the ceiling. Like I like the, like I always think it's more bittersweet mm. when they have the taste of the, the, they taste the air for the first time and then they die. You know, like something more sure. like that. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, what else can we talk about? I'm trying to skip as many of these as possible. I hate tribes of children. Like when they when movies introduce large groups of children, I want to tear my hair out. 
Dude, um, that's a personal take. You don't yeah, support that for is the a group. Person. I've never been a problem with that. I just, <laughs> I don't. I always find that they like they speak in unison. It's the it's the same thing they did in Thor four, and I I I personally watched it recently in Mad Max three. I just I find tribes of children and like children can't act as good. But and dude, I, I thought it was I fine with like this one though. I felt like children. they gave like Drax like a because yeah. Drax always been like the. The, the guy who doesn't get references or like the bruiser, right? But like we see like a tender side of Drax. That's like, um, cause like usually when he's tender, he's funny, right? Mm-hmm. But like in this one, he's actually tender because he has this fatherly Tr- love yeah. that like no one in the group is capable of because Trust none me, of them were dads. I get, I get the point. Yeah. What? Like, I honestly think like, like it's just a trope that I don't like is groups of children. Sure. I honestly think it works just as well, if not better, if there's one kid. Why does there need to be so many? Have the prototype just because like... Because the, the empty and sparse nowhere we see in the beginning is now populated and full of life and youth and wonder. Like, yeah. I, that is the, I think that is what the idea is. And, like, yeah. maybe you I, get there better. But I think you, yeah. can, you can populate... That's kind of a silly reason to, like... We're putting the children in there to populate nowhere. That seems like a no. I agree. It's not you've it's set not a up. Strong, you know, like yeah. I think, and I think there are other people who can fill it. But like, I think if you just have the Phyla character, have her be the prototype for the new generation of things that are going to be better, and then you have this character who's obviously going to be on the next Guardians team because she's the only one. Instead, it's like yeah. this random kid of a hundred. <laughs> And <laughs> that you can is have, that you can have that yeah. personal connection. This can be like a Drax fatherly connection and yeah. introduce her earlier, maybe. And then sure. it's not so like suddenly there's kids in the third act. Yeah, no, it and I, that speaks random. to Yeah, speaks to a larger problem that we've already talked about extensively, where it's like it's just too much of random thing is suddenly a part of the movie. Like thing that wasn't set up from the beginning is just now there. Speaking of um, random but, thing, but I, w- I will say just very very quick. I actually love the Drax dad thing. Like, yeah, me the, too. I thought it was really and cool. I, I love the Mantis line to him, where it's like you're not meant to be a destroyer, you're meant to be a dad. I actually really like that. But, yeah. I like that in theory. I think that's a good end to his arc, but I don't think the execution is there because he doesn't. Mm. It seems sudden. Like that is end, true. I did suddenly. That. I did sure. that. Suddenly there are kids around me, and I will be a dad. You know, if you introduce the kid sure. earlier, like if they if they go to Counter Earth and they discover her sooner, and then he can build that relationship, and then Mantis yeah. can comment on that. Hey, you know what? This side of you is much better than the destroy side. And the destruction of Counter Earth means so much more if this character that we have a personal connection with and our main characters have a personal connection with has having her home destroyed. Yeah, that is better. Mm, yeah. Mm. Uh, speaking of random shit in this movie, the three abelisks straight out of like Game of Thrones shit. Why? Why are we yeah. doing this? Why what? are they there? Yeah. The squids. Oh, Remember when okay, the yeah. when Mantis becomes queen of squids? Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And they're that's all riding fine. them. I that's was like, fine. that's, f- dude, I it's like not. That. I hate it. I was. That it's was also the- it's an it's a it's another example of like now this is happening. This thing's happening. Now this yes. is happening. They go to prison and now they're being lowered into the thing and there are giant squids there and they try to escape but the squids are nice. Like it's yeah. just that very was- uh it's very um. I think, uh, fuck, what's the word? It's 
very expected. Like, you know, like, you know, they're not going to get killed off by squids. So, like, oh. the only way out is that they tame them. It's like a false threat, I guess. Yeah. 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 I just, My main problem is just that it's random shit that's just being it's just being tossed in there. That was the moment I checked out in the last time I saw this movie. I was like, okay, right, this part. And I was like, I just I realized that I wasn't paying attention anymore because I think I think the third act is by far the weakest of the acts in this movie. I don't like all the kid the kids we just introduced so much. There's a tribe of children, there's three abelisks, and an entire Noah's Ark worth of animals, and we have to save every single one. And I'm like, I like the animals though. I think the idea of the animals there that that feels if that was the only thing, right? Yeah. Like if it's one kid and all of the animals, that works. Yeah. I I yeah. There's it's too much. There's too much in the one movie. We've we've you know we've said this, but I'm trying to pick and choose. I don't like when the guardians kill everybody in that hallway. It feels not like them the guardians have never been murderers who kill and slay people right they've never the, like the, i think that was the first one yeah and then there's like lay down your arms you can like you know go the spaceship's about to sh- don't, yeah. don't fight yeah i just there are some like, i mean they've been so visceral you know it's like a green yeah there's some movements of like of sheer brutality in this movie that are like what yeah. the fuck like when peter and Groot like brutally kill the doctor guy that is an insane moment that is this like, is this is what i'm saying this is directed by the guy who did the suicide squad these all feel like well, the suicide squad characters I, I think more importantly it's directed by the guy who used to make like raunchy edgy comedy movies yeah. like i think that's like it's more that yeah he's been let loose right like yeah. he was kind of confined by disney maybe for the better in some ways because i in, in not that, that there's re- something wrong with making like raunchy movies but no i don't know if it like, fits this yeah yeah like it feels like he's been let loose and he feels like he can do what he wants now because and like the suicide squad worked Anyways, yeah. it just feels like those are those are the actions of a character, like a different group of characters. It, I I don't. It's a scene that feels like, yeah, isn't this badass? They're all family and they're all killing everybody. And uh, like, I didn't feel that way. I was like, no, this feels not. This is not the Guardians that I know. They don't do this. They don't fucking kill people. You know. Also, yeah, I don't know. I I didn't really have a big problem with that. And what I will say in compliment of that scene is that. I'm I've grown very critical of the wonder yeah, scene we've, and we've I actually think it, it, yeah. but I think it's a decently woven together it's one. I actually yeah. I actually like it. I like the way it's constructed whereas there are, there are other examples that are not good. Cuz they do the the framing thing. There's like the like the shot yeah. where rocket jumps up in the air. That's one frame. You done it, you know like yeah. It's it's And then they, the the path the camera has a logical path to the next frame and the next frame. Yeah. yeah. It's well executed. I'll give it that. I also think that in the same vein, when Rocket first encounters the Hellspawn, he's, like, terrified and also, like, feels that kind of guilt. I don't understand why he's okay with killing them. Because they are what he is, basically. Right? Yeah. They're more Wait, creatures yeah, by the Hellspawn. I think, I think this the, movie is, is a little, like, morally confused. Where it's, like, on the one hand, it's, it's about... Let's... Let's save everyone, and which but, I think is great. Like, yeah. the idea, 
like one of the things I legitimately love about this movie is that the ending is an ending where everybody gets to live. I actually think that's a great way to end this, but some things get to be brutally killed along the yes, way. Yes, that's what I'm talking like, about. The they're yeah. not the slayers of the galaxy. They're the guardians of the yeah. galaxy, which is why I don't like the hallway fight. And I think that him fighting this Hellspawn makes no sense. And also... Who is the Hellspawn? <laughs> the monsters. The monsters at the end who are rocket raccoons but scary. Oh, it's like the pig yeah, with the gun the pig, and the rocket. Gen, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's okay. like and it makes it's so easy, guys. Because if Adam get, if Adam gets to live, like why you know? Yeah, yeah, it's so easy, guys. If we're taking out the obelisks, just have Mantis connect with one of the Hellspot. You know, she's like, oh, they're just afraid of us, or oh, you know, like she's the scary monster has feelings. It almost feels like that was the idea the whole time, and then. Yeah. It didn't work, so they had to change course and add a new thing. Because, like, why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you realize that the Hellspawn have feelings and then have them populate nowhere if you got to do that, you know? Yeah, or maybe there there maybe is a version where you establish that they have actually been contorted in the vision of the high evolutionary to such a degree where it's like they actually, like, they, there's no essence of, like, what they are left anymore. You know what That's I mean? Sad. In which case, which is very sad, but I think yeah. at that point, and I think if you just address that, like if, and you just, and you tackle that sadness head on, mm-hmm. I actually think that made this movie stronger. And then I also think it means you can kill them. If like, <laughs> but, like okay, guys, you can kill them. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. Yeah. Um, what else can we talk about? Rocket raccoon, the, ra- the raccoon moment. Great. Love Good it. One. I love that yeah. this was like set up the whole series and finally get that payoff. Love I'm it. not yeah. a raccoon. Yeah, but, I love it when a movie can tell us a thing we know and we cheer for it. <laughs> yeah. like, that's what he is. He's Rocky Raccoon. Oh, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a Rocky Raccoon. But you um, know what yeah. didn't work for me though? It's uh, when Gamora was like, uh, when, when Groot was like, I'm Groot, I'm Groot. Gamora was like, I know who you are. Or like, I know your name. Like that joke like actually it. didn't work for me. No, I actually like that a lot. Cause it's you like, like she that? Because she doesn't understand the Guardians. Yeah, but like, I feel yeah. like she's not his it might just be anymore. seeing it in it's the a, trailer beforehand. But like, joke. I didn't laugh in the in the theater when that happened. What can you yeah. say? Character motivated jokes. And when she understands him at the end, yeah, it works. Yeah, that was it sweet. Really that works. was sweet. It's nice. That was sweet. I agree. Yeah. I have to say though, right after the Rocket Raccoon moment, when everyone's beating up the High Evolutionary, I was like, <laughs> "What the fuck is happening? Do you remember that? It's no. really it's a, hard it's to weird. follow. It's also." It's also quick. It's so yeah. quick. Like, that, and that's why I mean, High Evolutionary isn't a threat. And I agree that that works if he was never supposed to be a physical threat. And it was just the problem the whole movie was that they couldn't get to him because he was so well guarded yeah. by Adam and whatever. And now they've got him alone. Like, I agree that, like, that's, that's, that's better. But he's supposed to be a physical threat here and they just deal with him like that. isn't it so much better if they say, like, if Rocket's, like, 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 okay, if they're all wailing on him and Rocket's like, no, guys, we have to be better. And, like, because he's normal, like, he would die at their hands because they're, like, super powerful people. Maybe he has, like, a bit of tech, like I've been promoting. Like, I think he should be tech-based. Then he can, like, kind of withstand them a bit for a few seconds at least, you know? I, Dude, I thought you were... Uh, I, I'm... I thought you were really against tech, teching everything. I thought that's your main... No, I said nanotech. 
nanotech. Oh, it's just nanotech. an aesthetic gotcha, of, gotcha. of how people suit up. I don't like. So man, well, I don't I'm, like Nebula's arm. I'm completely cool with them uh, straight up killing <laughs> evolutionary. He deserves okay, to die. Fair enough. In the that context of the movie, he deserves to die. He yeah. he is beyond saving for he sure. Sucks. Yeah, no. I and so yeah, like I I am completely fine with them all coming together and killing. Him. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah. Fair enough. He can be the yeah. guy who goes out in space this time. Um, sure. Actually, that would have been yeah. great if they killed yeah, someone that with been space a great ending if for they once. Killed someone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man, we should have written Guardians Three. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Um, Dude, that's so funny. That would be like there were so many ejection kills. Yeah, in, okay, uh, I'm wrapping it up. Uh, Groot okay. talks now, and I hate that so much. I don't no, like it. No, that's not that's it not worked what that moment in the is. moment. I love but that then, moment. It's is it like them it? understanding him? It's is them. It just, no, it's that we us? understand him. We as the like audience it. have been with Groot so long that we understand what he's saying. He yeah, yeah, yeah. he canonically in the thing said I says I am Groot. I yeah. figured I thought that maybe that was the case, but I still that would be cool actually. That's I really like it. I actually to me it's just so weird. I'm like. Nah, yeah, man. like it worked for me in the moment. In the moment, I was like, "That's sick." But then when you're thinking back to it, it's like, yeah, it might not be the best thing for Groot to say. Actually, guys, easy fix. Because like, just ha- easy fix. Let me let me have him say, "I am Groot," and give it a subtitle. We've never seen the subtitle, and if we get the subtitle, I don't have to hear maybe. him say weird maybe. words that yeah. I don't like. I don't have to hear Vin Diesel say, "I love you guys." <laughs> it feels I like say, Fast and sa- Furious. He sounds the most like Vin Diesel in that moment. <laughs> it sounds like a Fast and Furious movie. Anyways, um, I didn't like the dance party, but Aiden likes the dance party. I like the dance party. We don't have to get into. I like the needle drop there too, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's yeah, not for me. Um, whatever. And now the Guardians are doing new things. I have to say, this new lineup, I. Could care less about. I, I, I don't love know if they're the making more movies about it. I hope they I, I don't, don't make more standalone Guardians. I think it's done. I don't think there's enough star power there. Like both as actors yeah. and as characters, I don't care and about those. Characters. Yeah, the IP is not because it's just Rocket. But Rocket, like Rocket, in the context of that team, is kind of weird. Yeah. Like Craglin is the next closest, and like I don't care about Craglin at all. Really, Craglin was kind of fun as a comedic side part, but. Yeah. And then everyone else is new, if I'm not mistaken. Other than Groot, but yeah. I don't give a yeah, fuck about that group. team Dude, at all. I, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you my prediction right now. Disney Plus series. I think for, for Star-Lord. Roster. Think no, Star-Lord for the roster. Gets... For no, the roster. I think, I think I'm, I... I'm telling you, I think Star-Lord gets the series. For I think, what? They said, what did they say at the end? The legendary Star Lord returns. He's Return where? Story. What's he gonna do? On my? Disney Plus. That's what I'm saying. I think it's on Disney Plus. That's my guess. Like as a comedy theory? Like what is Star Lord doing know. on Earth? I don't know. I, I think know. he has Fuck to that shit. I am Earth. watching that. As, as if there isn't tons of like supernatural shit for him to do on Earth. What are you talking about? It's the MCU. Supernatural. Is he not supernatural? Be like... But like, <laughs> no, not supernatural. He's like, like, like you know, like big space stuff. I don't know. No, no, sci-fi stuff. I think I think he needs to spend time on Earth. Clearly, they have plans for him if he's gonna return. They bothered putting the yeah. title up there, you know. Yeah. Anyways, if we didn't like Guardians of the Galaxy, I think I truly believe that MCU is fucked. I don't. I don't know that there's. Dude, I like this movie. I, I didn't I like hate this movie. movie. You like it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I've, I've gone me, through my whole thing criticizing it, but I genuinely really. Like I th- this movie. yeah, it definitely has problems, but like I, I enjoyed my viewing experience. So. It, to, at the end of the day, for me, it's the same thing where it's like, this feels like it was made by a human being, and I really liked watching it at the end of the day. 
Yeah, same. I I think this was like my one franchise that was really keeping me to the MCU. Like even watching Infinity War yesterday, I watched it for the Guardians of the Galaxy. Like that's why I rewatched it was because I wanted to see it before I watched three again. And I just love these characters so much. And then that this movie like just didn't work for me. I don't oh, have I'm... I don't have much else tethering me to the MCU is what I'm saying. Oh, you know? neither do I. <laughs> like, but, but like, and I I wasn't even excited for this movie until we rewatched the first two, and I was like, man, these are pretty good. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so pretty yeah, good. no, I agree. I I'm not excited for the rest of the MCU. No way. I mean, so what like, is uh what is the lineup right now? So w- next one is the Marvels, right? This year we'll have the Marvels, Secret Invasion, Loki, and Echo. Echo's all dropping. At Holy once. fuck! That's so much. Yeah, I know. That's they so much stuff. And they said they're dropping <laughs> Echo all at once instead of the weekly model because they think people aren't going to watch it. Which that's I so get it funny. because no one knows who Echo <laughs> is, but that's also sad and also means people aren't going to grow to love it. They're just going to yeah. forget yeah. about it. Yeah, way. why are they like treating projects like that? That's shit. Uh, wait, so what? What? What about major releases after the Marvels? What's the next film? I there is not a next like the next film is not until next year, and I don't know what it is. Uh, they the, got the Blade movie that's in development hell. Well, it's it's yeah. not being developed right now. It's on pause, isn't it? Captain America's in the works. What is even filming right now? Like Agatha Captain America's filming. filming. I know that. Okay, well then maybe that is next. I don't know. Thunderbolts. Bro, that's not a very exciting lineup, to be honest. No, it's not. Thunderbolts, Blade. MCU has overstayed its welcome. Also, it's fucked. Like, Kang is gonna be like an issue just behind the scenes. There's, it's just they tried. It it worked really well for ten years, and then. A, a combination of factors just it's imploding it's not working so Crazy. anyways i think we're finished talking about this movie yeah yeah i think we're good okay predator versus movies or aiden sorry uh, i didn't say anything we <coughs> yeah this is this podcast <laughs> this podcast is called predator versus movies this podcast is predator versus movies. so this is where we asked the question would this be better <laughs> if the predator from the movie predator was in it three two one no. no. Okay, next segment. Uh, Predators picks. I watched some things. I watched Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Uh, it was okay. I watched Sisu. Didn't care for it. I watched Peter Pan, the original. Racist. Very racist. Mm. I watched The Wonder, the Netflix movie with Florence Pugh. Surprisingly good. I watched The Stranger. Neat aesthetic. Mm, could have used more to it. I watched Peter Gabriel's tour, uh, filmed tour, Secret World. Um... Pretty good. Uh, I like the music. Uh, not as good as Stop Making Sense. I rewatched most of, I still need to rewatch a little bit more, of James Acaster's comedy series. This is like, I need to wreck this so hard. This is, I don't, as far as I know, not a very popular one. James Acaster is a, like, a British comedian, I think. Um, he's, I, he's on like one of those shows, like Taskmaster or something. Yeah, um, I've, I've heard of him. And he's got a four-part comedy series. Each is 50 minutes, and it seems to be filmed all from the same day. Like, he does a 50-minute set, changes the set, changes his clothes, does 50 minutes, intermission, 50 minutes, break, 50 minutes. And it's all mm. one thing, because they reference each other. 
truly one of the funniest stand-up series I've ever seen in my life. Cannot recommend that enough. It is called Repertoire, I believe. James A. Castor's Repertoire. It's on Netflix. Um, pro- maybe even funnier than like the John Mulaney, the classic John Mulaney stand-ups, Bo Burnham. Those are the other ones that I like, so this is kind of giving you a taste profile, I guess. Mm. Um, I also like Nate Bargatze, but he's not really the same. Anyways, cannot recommend that enough. I rewatched Infinity War. That movie fucking slaps. Totally yeah. works. Yeah, probably one of like, the best gonna, MCU movies. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. <laughs> reevaluate it in my lineup, my uh, scoring uh, ranking. That's the word. Probably gonna be in top five. Dude, I, yeah, I, oh, it might just yeah. be Welcome my favorite MCU film. Like, yeah. It might just <laughs> yeah. Be, uh, I don't know if I'd call it my favorite, but like it, like it, it just works so well. And I it's don't know how they like it. it's an impressive achievement in yeah. writing. That's a very hard movie to pull off, and they do. Wait, Aiden, where do you place it on your ranking? Uh, I don't know. I don't have a rank. It's top five for sure. Top three top probably. Five. Okay, okay. Yeah. It could yeah. be my third after Guardians 1 and 2. Anyways, mm. uh, I rewatched Step Brothers because I remember people saying they like, like people love that movie and I've seen yeah. it before and I thought it was okay. I think it's okay. Nice. It's, there's just something that I like, it doesn't work for me. I don't think the comedies of that era I find I often don't like. Well, it's 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 also by the perper the head perpetrator. I can't remember his name right now. What's his name? Fuck. Who's the director? Judd Apatow. Judd Apatow. Uh, is it? Yeah. Right. Step Brothers. Uh, I'm just gonna make sure I'm not telling a lie. No. Oh, sorry. It's Adam McKay. I was wrong. Oh, it's really? Adam McKay. Oh. Who is also like yeah. second? Second. Judd Apatow and yeah. Adam McKay are like the same they do the same movies you're making a face right now of yeah, distaste I, and that is Adam exactly McCabe puts a bad taste of my mouth. I won't that is exactly you. what i'm talking about <laughs> it is not that good of a movie and i don't i like i've realized that it's just not for me um and then who did um although oh he did the other guys is that the movie i think the other guys might be hilarious if it's the movie i'm thinking of is that the one where that it's like is that the one where The Rock and the other That's guy one died? good the, moment. That, I still but that think is, that is funny. so fucking funny. <laughs> it's a funny like, moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, th- uh, I still can't tell. Oh, okay. I like The 40-Year-Old Virgin, but that is Judd Apatow, okay. so I, I do like that one at least. But I like Freaks and Geeks, which is Judd Apatow. It's a great show. I haven't seen it yet. Anyways, I don't think Step Brothers is very good. That's my hot take. Um, nice. Where was I? Uh, I think only other thing is beef. Thank you. You're reading my list. Uh, I finished beef. <laughs> beef is a great series. I, it's not without flaws. I don't think it's perfect, but the ending made me go like, wow. Um, I also read somewhere that people were complimenting the score, and I was like, facts, man, because every every episode ends with a banger straight from the 2000s, and mm. like single-handedly made me want to like re-explore that. Uh, era of music and that's like pretty much all i'm listening to right now is 2000s uh and hoopastank that first the pilot is great go watch the pilot i'm done cool okay uh yeah for my picks uh so i've been continuing to watch the wire this is definitely like becoming one of my favorite shows ever like i finished season three just recently this show continues to evolve it continues to uh feel thematically in line with the other with the other seasons uh while also building on it new building on with new ideas and just like doing things you wouldn't expect being really inventive 
I like will incorporate so much of the camera work of this show into my projects, which is something that is not true about a lot of shows I watch where yeah. the camera, like the, the wire is such a distinct visual style that works so well. Uh, yeah. And it, that's a great show. I recommend it to everyone. Uh, I recently watched a movie, a to be, to be original called Shark no, Side <laughs> Um, no. so yeah, did it film the here? Ba- no, did it did not film here. <laughs> no, but it's, if you, if you look up shark on Tubi, there are like a million of these movies. There's oh like, Oh my God. I'm, I think I saw I'm a tr- review. I'm trying to remember them, but like one of them, one of them in the same vein was Bigfoot versus the Illuminati that we saw. <laughs> there was like, like, there's so many, I'm forgetting. One of them was, one of the ones was hilarious. Like sharks out of the moon is there. There's, like, just shark ripoffs of other movies. But, yeah, so the basic plot of this movie is that during the Cold War era, Russia uh, created these half-human, half-shark hybrids. uh, And then, like, but then they get out and they're too powerful. And so they send them to the moon. Um, (laughs) And then, so fast forward to modern era. Fast forward to modern era. The Americans Of course, fast forward. We have to do a fast forward because then it wouldn't make sense. Otherwise. Fast forward to the modern era. Um, Americans are going to the moon. Uh, They go to the moon. They encounter the shark people as well as um, like some humans like that went with the sharks and like are living as like stragglers and have like there's one woman who's like a half shark, half human hybrid, but looks like a human. And like this movie, it's actually bizarre because for the first 20 minutes or so, not bad. Like, <laughs> like legitimately, like, like obviously like the CG of the sharks is immediately like, wow, that's bad. But like, it's the sets look pretty good, especially the spaceship set is actually like, it's, it's pretty decent. This is filmed pretty decent. As soon as they go out onto the moon, it's like, wow. (laughs) It's like some of the worst green screen you've ever seen. It's like the plot becomes incomprehensible. Whereas before it actually makes sense. And I don't know if I want to spoil it or not, but the ending of this movie is the most deranged thing I've ever seen. In yeah, what movie. happened like, in the final five minutes? I'm so okay. Curious. Do you guys want me to spoil yeah, it? Do it. <laughs> okay, so okay, let me try to remember the events that happened. So the ship that the Americans came with had been hijacked by the community of space shark people, and Obviously. they were going back, and. But some of our humans escaped by jumping off the ship and going back to the moon. There are these okay. giant, there are these giant like worm sharks on the moon that, like, without any setup, our main characters are swallowed by one of these worm sharks, and then a volcano goes off on the moon. In the belly of the giant worm shark, our main characters are flown back to Earth through space, (laughs) and then they land in the ocean, and there's suddenly, they're on a raft that was, I guess, supposedly in the belly of the space shark, because they just are in a raft now, and so it's, like, the captain, it's the half-shark woman, and it's, like, one other guy, they're all happy, and then out of nowhere, the shark woman starts, like, oh, what's going on? She's pregnant. She gives birth on the raft to a to a shark hybrid, who are, and they're like super powerful and they can't get to Earth. 
And then she's like, sorry, I have to be with my babies. She dives into the water. Suddenly there are about 20 more half shark hybrids that are babies and we don't know where they came from. And it, our main character is just like, no, we're fucked. And then it cuts to black and we're out. What? <laughs> and that, that everything I described is the last like five to seven minutes of the movie. Wait, so All it doesn't end. Occurred. The movie doesn't end. There's no end. <laughs> so, so Aiden, you have to tell me, when are you working on Shark Side of the Moon 2? <laughs> you're, you're making yeah, it, right? You're yeah. writing and directing I, the sequel? I imagine I you I, are. If if a movie like that was filming in Winnipeg, I would fight tooth and fucking claw <laughs> to work on it. I would want to work like, on that That's your so shit. Hard. No, I know. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So, okay, so wait. Uh, you're telling me that Shark Side of the Moon <laughs> is not a cover band of Pink Floyd by Shark. No. Okay. No. That would have been my not. first guess. I wish I could remember some of the other titles because one of the other ones is, is hilarious. That's too. insane. But anyways, crazy. Okay. Just keep, uh, uh, I also, I watched some movies that are all at least supposedly good. I watched Lost in Translation. I think that movie is racist and mean. I thought it was oh. bad. Um, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't much say to that. I think that like even if you ignore the racism in this movie, which is the basis of like a lot of the comedy, like you, in order to laugh at a lot of what's happening, you have to be like, haha, Japanese people. Um, and then <laughs> I that sounds right from what I remember. Yeah. Uh, and then also it's just mean spirited. Everyone that isn't a, the specific type of person that Scarlett Johansson and Bill Murray's characters are, are presented as like bumbling idiots who are deservedly like made fun of all the time like this is it's just a mean movie um and i also don't think i like i don't think i like bill murray i don't like him in this movie and i'm reevaluating if i like him in anything it's a post-divorce movie so maybe that's part of why there's that mean spiritedness generally also maybe Mm. you're not supposed to like bill murray because it is doesn't that one comes from the female side of the divorce it's sofia coppola's movie so she might no you're you're supposed to like both those characters because i i was considering that like there's like maybe there's like an awareness here that it's like yeah our characters are just kind of dicks and they judge people and they kind of like find commonality in that but we're supposed to be like okay they're being dicks but like no the movie presents them like because the characters they're making fun of are presented as if they're idiots and they deserve to be made fun of like anna's fair anna ferris's character in this movie does nothing wrong and is presented as if like she's a bumbling idiot that deserves to be like trounced like it's yeah it's stupid Uh, i did not like that movie I don't think Bill Murray's a good person necessarily because I've heard bad things about him, but I do like him. I like his performance uh, in Ghostbusters. I think he's. Funny I like Ghostbusters. I'll give you Ghostbusters that. a good movie. Uh, okay. Amazing. Also watched The Woman King. I thought this movie was pretty good. I, uh, really? I, I didn't care. Yeah, I thought like there are things that I don't like about it. It's very historically inaccurate. For example, like the maid, the maid kingdom. In fact briefly considered not operating in the slave trade but then just doubled right down on it so kind of a strange about, i do feel strange the, story the love uh try not love triangle the fuck the romance the, subplot with the slave trader did you like that part yeah and <laughs> i think that's stupid and i think that it's weird like they do go out of their way to be like no he's not a slave trader right? he's just with the slave traders that's like, <laughs> He's just okay, man. with he's just associated with that. <laughs> Dude, um, I find yeah. I find it really but I don't hard know. There's to... there's some really good directing in that movie actually and some really cool like set design, some good, really cool costume design. 
Um, no, I, uh, also, I find it really difficult to root for anyone in that film. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling a connection at all. Oh, really? Mm, I mean, yeah, within yeah. the, I think you're rooting for Viola Davis. Like, I, I was like definitely. I don't, I don't think it was like a really bad movie. If I can ignore like some of the questionable morals of it, um, <laughs> but like, uh, I also my last thing. I said this in my letterbox review. I like John Boyega, but at no point watching this movie was I thinking that he was not a modern man. I was like, this is a man <laughs> who has been on Twitter and has seen yeah. seen all like. Once maybe that's just he just Star looks Wars through him. Even in Star Wars, you can't come but, yeah. back. He looks yeah. through him. I don't know, but okay. I also watched an incredible fucking movie. I watched Ran, directed by Akira Kurosawa. Striking visual language, incredible grasp of movement within film. All of this is well known, but very fully on display here. Uh, the use of long angle lo- of telephoto lenses, which I think is like most, if not all, of the movie, is really incredible here. Great story, great kind of like epic. Um, I really don't have much to say to this. I just recommend it to everyone. Great movie, Cr- sick ass opening. One of the, yeah. Yeah, awesome, awesome, yeah. awesome movie. Um, other movie I watched was David Cronenberg's Crash, another incredible movie. I thought okay. I think that like I I I I fucking loved this. Like the playing with the idea of like the malleability of the human body and like discovering that. Like if you hear what the movie's about, you might be initially perturbed and be like, oh, this is just like stupid, perverted, whatever. But it's actually I think it's a really intelligent and, and compelling movie. So. Um, yeah, that those are my those are my recs, those are my picks. Yeah, I only ask because I heard I've heard mixed things about Crash, and so I wasn't sure if I should watch it or not. And I I would check I'm it. Out. I don't know. I have no idea how you'd things. feel about it, but I think it'd be great. <laughs> no, I, I think it's great personally. Yeah. Uh, Peter, do you have any recs? No recs. No, even in three weeks. Yeah, actually, I've been very busy. So yeah. and I uh, know you're no trying to be out of this movies. quick, so we'll wrap it up. We'll wrap it up next week. We have no idea what we're gonna do, but some potential options to maybe uh, water your taste buds are how to blow up a pipeline. We might revisit it. Master Gardener comes out this week. Sanctuary comes out this week. Blackberry, I think, is already out. The Little Mermaid, I don't know, but uh, that is also coming out next week. And You Hurt My Feelings comes out next week with Julia Louis Dreyfus. Uh, uh, if you like us, check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Predator V Movies. Uh, if you like my thoughts on movies, check me out on Letterboxd at underscore Alex Gordon underscore. I leave reviews. They're getting longer. I'm taking more time for that. Aiden? Uh, you can also follow me on Letterboxd. I'm 810Sunny. That's 810-S-O-N-N-Y. My name is Wombo. I'm also starting... I will probably not be adding stuff actually in the next little bit because I'll be, also be very busy. Uh, but I've also been leaving more reviews instead of just like ratings recently. So yeah. Look at us. Look at us. Yeah. Professional yeah, reviewers. Peter, you got anything to plug? No plugs! What the hell? Holy oh, shit! You know what that no means? Plugs, you know what that means? Okay, so the viewers are contractually obligated to give us a five-star review on everything that they are watching or listening us on, listening to us on, uh, whether that be Spotify, YouTube, whatever the hell it is. Tell us what you think. Give us a like. Um, unless it's something you don't like, uh, then only like. Uh, anyways, uh, until next week, I think that's it, right? I've covered everything. I think we're good. Yeah. Until next week, I'm Alex. I'm Peter. I'm Aiden. And this was Predator vs. Movie. Sorry for taking so long. Beep, 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 beep.